Welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast, a weekly comedy talk show that dives into the personal lives of comedians, experts, and creators. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, a very amateur stand-up comedian and self-proclaimed sad girl. It's the comedy podcast with a lot of heart. Feel hard and talk hard. This is the Intoxicated Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast here with producer Sarah. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. How are you? How are you? How are you? Well, I asked you first. I asked you first. Oh, my God. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) You're good. We are doing this remotely. I'm at my mom's house. Your mom's really nice house. My mom's super nice house with my fam jam, my sister, my mom, obviously, because she lives here. Fun times. Yeah. Um, So it's starting like just like right off the top. Um, some super sad news in the world of comedy. There's no real good transition into this. There's no real like smooth way for me to like transition into this subject. But we did lose Norm Macdonald, who is a Canadian comedy legend. He is truly like every status I see is like this guy was my comedy hero. He was my inspiration. Like like this guy had such an impact on comedy. Um, Norm Macdonald passed away. He had cancer that he kept private for I think it was nine years. Is that what he said? Yeah, nine, nine years. eight or nine years. Wild. Like, an insane amount of time to be like suffering in silence and just so heartbreaking. Um, and it just fucking sucks. Like there's no nothing really else to say about it. Um, for me personally, like I knew Norm's classic bits. I loved watching him on talk shows. That's kind of where I really fell in love with Norm McDonald was like watching him on Conan. And uh he's I I re- I heard somewhere. A perfect way to say it is like he is your favorite comedian's favorite comedian. When I heard that, I was like, that "That really resonates with me because while I might not be like 100% familiar with all of his material, like I'm not, I very much so respect him and um, stuff like that. But like, I'm not, I'm no expert in all of his material, but I do know a lot of comedians that he was their favorite comic. Yeah. it just shows his impact, and it's just very sad. We're all very sad about it, and it's I a big do. Loss, that's for sure, it's such a bummer. And um, I do want to hearken back to an episode with Travis where we talked about uh, Vaughn and um, when our friend Andrew died, and I mentioned how I pictured the afterlife like a comedy green room. <laughs> Like and a like, big-ass like, leather couch. Yeah, you're just entering the green room and you're seeing all the other comics before you that Aww. passed away. And so I kind of think about that. I kind of am just like, you know, he's up there with Ugh. with more of the greats and, like, more people to come, sadly. Um, yeah. But that that's just kind of a nice That's so. That's that actually, like, a warming thought. And, like... It's comforting, know. right? Yeah. Because comics are bonded by comedy. And yeah. 
it's just a weird thing. Like, no matter what kind of comedian you are, this weird art bonds us all. And um, it was very obvious to me that Norm was just truly in love with comedy. Uh, and so yeah. he was, he's in that green room now. He's just, um, you know, waiting for us sad fuckers who have to follow him. <laughs> Um, Martin Edwards had a great <laughs> caption on his post, which was, I feel sorry for whoever's death has to follow this one. And I just really like that because it's kind of oh. like it's kind of like when you're on a comedy show, right? And like the best comedian you're following. Uh, and now that Norm yeah. is gone, we're all following him. So <laughs> it's just a, a oh, interesting God. thing. But rest in peace to Norm McDonald. And I got to say. Uh, we'll get to our guest soon, but Norm was a huge inspiration for this week's guest, actually. So it, it all, it all ties in together. But before we get to that, you guys, um, we are going to play a voicemail. Um, we did get a voicemail this week and we have a voicemail from an amazing person. I hopefully future guest very soon. Um, Miss Jade Bennett, friend of yours, Sarah. She is a friend of mine, a very talented and lovely human friend of mine. Such a lovely human. So we are going to play that voicemail right now. Hey, Sarah, it's Jade Bennett. I've been wanting to leave you a voicemail for a while, but I haven't because I have anxiety. Big fan of the podcast. I love you and Sarah so much. Sarah Squared. Um, my question for you is, do you believe you can be friends with an ex? I recently tried and it was just annoying lesbian drama that I want no part of, but I would love to hear your perspective on that. Um, okay. Thanks. Bye. So Jade, first of all, God bless Jade saying she has anxiety. This woman performs on stage constantly and doesn't even look like she's at all nervous. So I just find that so fascinating that like we're all just so anxious and like it's yeah. And you wouldn't wouldn't know. (laughs) Right. Isn't that wild? So Jade's question. Can you be friends with an ex? So I think that this is, and like, this is like not a cool, straight, black and white answer, but I do think that it does depend on the situation. I mean, it depends on a number of factors, but like, my main thing is, is that you really have to know yourself really well to know essentially your attachment style and how that works and whether or not you can maintain a friendship and not have lingering feelings. And I also think that it is possibly friends with an ex, but I do think in order to get over someone completely, you got to take space. Space is a huge thing. Some no contact for a bit, you know, like uh, even though you might want to talk to them, I just think even if you can do a week the longer, the better. I think a week's too short. I think I so think too, but at least a month. But I think a lot of people are just very codependent on each other, and that's true. Even a week would probably feel like a month to some people. Yeah. So, so I think it does depend. I I think like I know for a fact that like the only way I could do it is if there was significant space involved, and even then, even then, I do think when you're friends with an ex. There's going to still be a little something there, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Whether that's attraction yes. or like comfort, like there's still going to be a really small something else there that's going to make it not fully platonic. I think. Yeah. Especially because you had a relationship with that person for so long. And it's really hard to just like jump right back into being friends. Yes. You made a good point though. When we discussed this, you said um, that if you're friends first and then you date, that might make yeah. it easier. It all depends on the situation, right? Like it depends on how the relationship ended, like depending on how messy it was, if you guys are friends first, or if you just jump right into dating, it's a lot easier to be friends with somebody when you know how to be friends with that person. So if you were never, if you never had that friendship to begin with, you, it's pretty much impossible to be friends with that person. You know what I mean? Yes. I would totally agree. I would totally agree. And it really just is about knowing like like being aware of like how you're attached to that person and or how that person might be attached to you. Maybe you're the person in the dynamic that doesn't care anymore, but that person might. Yeah. So you being friends with them is only preventing them from getting over you. I also think it depends on how long you've dated the person as well, because yes. there could be situations where you're friends with somebody and then you date them for like, nine years or something like that yeah it's hard to go back to being friends after dating for that long as well because back to what we were saying before where when you date somebody for so long it's hard to just be friends there's always going to be that something little something something there little something something there and i would also say and like this is like very general advice but like trust your gut in the situation and go is this really a friendship is this codependence? Is this falling back yeah. into old habits? Does this does this friendship make me actually feel good and not stressed? Because if you're stressed, and like what Jade said, oh, I need to find her exact words because I think it's great. What did she say? Just one second. Annoying lesbian drama. Jade, Annoying first of all, lesbian drama. Jade, I think if you make an album, that should probably be the title of your album. <laughs> Annoying Lesbian Drama by Jade Bennett. Yes. Oh, and we got to say shout out to Jade because Jade had the first song on the first episode back with Serena. The featured song, uh, Damned, was by Jade. Damn. She will hopefully be a guest on the show soon. So big shout out to Jade. And thank you for signing that question because that was a really good one. Uh, I was going to say something about like owning stuff together oh yeah so it makes it hard to like separate from the person when you own stuff together like if you own like a house if you own animals they're almost like an excuse to go back to that person that's true oh yeah i see what you mean so like if you share a house or you share a dog like you'll have to there's no way you can fully avoid the person like Exactly. Especially like if you have kids with them, kids, like that's even worse. you're going to always have to kind of be in each other's eyes. So you kind of have to figure out how to be friends in that type of situation, or at least like tolerate each other. But I think that if you don't have any attachment, no, I see what you mean. And I mean, like, like, do I mean that? I do. I, but I do also think the word friends and friendship means something different to everybody. A lot of people see being friends with somebody as always hanging out and talking. And I do think that there's a sweet spot between friends and strangers, which is like you're on good terms and you can be civil and talk when you have to, but you're not necessarily sharing secrets with this person or hanging out all the time because 
that's where things get messy. That's very true. Very, very true. So find that sweet spot. Figure out exactly what your situation is and if it's bringing you joy. Because it's not bringing you joy, why do it? Why do it? That's a ding on that question. Great question. You guys, these are the types of questions we want for the intro. So send them in. We want more. Leave us a voicemail for the next one. You can also DM the podcast or myself personally if you're following me on social media or sarah as well um you can also email in questions rants stories to intoxicatepodcast at gmail.com but here we go guys we're gonna get to this week's guest what a treat what a treat what a pleasure to talk to this amazing human being this week's guest is the amazing comedian incredibly talented clifton cremo and Ooh. he was just a joy to chat with. Uh, Sarah, you've never met Clifton, but you listened to the episode. He is just, he's so nice and so intelligent. My highlights from this episode, if I can say them in the yes. intro, uh, how much he loves Matt Baker. That <laughs> yep. romance is just like, it really, really warms my heart. Like, I just, I love it so much. He wouldn't shut up about him. He couldn't shut up. Yeah, exactly. I expect it to be like, I, like maybe like a two minute thing. Yeah. But no. Yeah. <laughs> and it was amazing. Um, another thing I loved is how passionate he is about Nickelback. Yes. Because I truly think that uh, some of the best people love Nickelback. Well, this is it. And that's a little, little tease for the episode because that may or may not have to do with Clifton's unpopular opinion. May or may not. Who knows? But we talked about so many great things in this one. I mean, we talked a lot about just like doing comedy and like just the process of like developing material and like confidence and how to do this crazy thing. We also like dived into like, ooh, what will we do when the world ends? And <laughs> we did talk about like how we coped during the pandemic. Yeah, this was a great episode. I really, really enjoyed it. And like what I love most about Clifton is the fact that he is somebody who is like a, what I would call a hustler, a self-starter. He does create his own opportunities, but he still enjoys life. And that is really, honestly, like this sounds cheesy to say, but like the point that I want to reach in comedy, yeah. I, I want to have that balance and still have other things I do outside of comedy. And and uh, Clifton really does uh, inspire me to do those things. So you can hear his voice, like just how happy he seems to be with everything, too, which is such a breath of fresh air. Yes, he is incredibly talented in comedy for the short amount of time that he's been doing this. And he's a comic to watch everybody so you have to mm -hmm. follow Clifton and keep an eye on what he is doing also just another plug for another podcast I work on Mullinger meets Canadians he is also the guest on that podcast this week too so if you want you know a little more a little less shit show of a conversation you can uh, hear Clifton on James's podcast as well James Mullinger so yeah so big thank you to Clifton for coming on do do make sure to subscribe to Intoxicated wherever you listen. Leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And honestly, guys, send in your voicemails and questions. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with the amazing Clifton Cremo.
excited to get into this. Are we ready to go? Should we start? Let's start. I always go have to it. tell people like we're starting because sometimes I'll record conversation like before we're officially open the episode and then comics are like, are we recording? I didn't know. And like, I kind of feel like I'm like podcast raping them. <laughs> in a weird way i'm like doing it without consent i'm like we are officially recording now everything you say might get you canceled from this point on so beware <laughs> yeah yeah it's good that we don't have all that stuff of me saying the n-word just five uh, minutes ago yes, that was off that was off mike we don't have to worry about that <laughs> um oh my gosh everyone i am like so excited to be here with someone who i adore so much uh, and I'm so glad that we were able to make this happen. Uh, today's guest is an amazing comedian. And he is doing such great work all across the Maritimes. Everybody, <laughs> please welcome to the podcast, Clifton Crema. Wow, wow, Clifton, welcome, buddy. Thanks Thank for doing this. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Oh so. my gosh, I've been wanting to have you for so long, but it is tricky when like you don't live in Halifax. So yeah, scheduling stuff can be uh, awful, Hell. and like that that goes not just for this, but I mean, kind of especially this too. But like doing shows and stuff like that, it's like I have work. Monday to Friday, usually not in the summertime. Uh, I work for a school, so it's great that way. Mm -hmm. But like, usually it's Monday to Friday. So if someone's like, hey, you should come out for Beerly's on Wednesday. It's like, then I'd have to drive back or take a day off Thursday kind of thing. And it's just yeah. like a lot. It is a lot to manage. And it's a crazy lifestyle, especially when you are working full time. And this is why I love talking to people who have all these things that they manage because I, I always I'm just like, how do you do it? How do you stay sane? Like, how do you um, do all these things and then still make time for like to actually just be a human and like live life? And what I love about you is like based on what I've seen of you, <laughs> you seem to still do really fun stuff outside of comedy. Obviously, you're a fucking this guy's a fucking hustler. Like, I mean, you're always on shows, doing shows. I'm always seeing shows come up with you on them, which is so great to see. But I also see like you out in the woods and like jumping into freezing cold water. And like, <laughs> like I just admire that so much because I think that that's so important to have that separate thing that you can experience. You know, that's, I think, especially important in comedy because you need stuff to write jokes about. Well, I mean, you that's know? that's my social media presence, I guess. So yeah. like you, you're you're seeing what I'm I'm selecting you to see, and I, people have ranted about that. People are always like, "Oh yeah, people who aren't who they are on social media," and it's like, of course not. <laughs> Why would I like upload to Facebook like videos of just like me naked on the couch like, <laughs> <laughs> watching you're Netflix? Wrong. Like you're not wrong, but this is what I find fascinating because until you sit down with somebody and talk, I would never know that you'd be naked on the couch. Really. I would never know that about you because I, I don't, I don't like know you type. on this level yet. You know, like you and I, um, you and I had a good chat. Like we drove up to uh time of together for mm -hmm. an out of town show. And that was like really fun. Yeah. And um, so like you do a lot of shows across the Maritimes. What made you, I mean, like, I feel like I'm just like getting right into it. Cause I just want to ask you all the You're, things. Ask, ask me all the things. But like, what made you want to start? Um, booking these shows. I guess we should put it in context. You are from Escazoni. Escazoni. Yep. I said it right. Woo! Fuck yeah! Uh, which is in Cape Breton. 
Yep. And can you just describe to people what that community is like? What, um, is it big, small? It's the, okay. Here's, here's a little rant, I guess. Um, Eskazoni is the largest First Nations community this east of Montreal. Um, largest Mi'kmaq community. A lot of people will say it's the biggest Mi'kmaq community east of Montreal. But there are no Mi'kmaq communities west of Montreal, so uh, it doesn't make sense. Right? Okay. Um, but we are the largest First Nation uh, this side of Montreal. Um, population 5,000 maybe. Okay. Um, Pretty big reserve. A lot of a lot of a lot of people there. A lot of support. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really close knit place. You you kind of know everyone. Um, Love that. Yeah, there's five reserves in Cape Breton. Uh, Thirteen overall in Nova Scotia, and we're we're the biggest one. There's also Mi'kmaq reserves in New Brunswick, obviously, um, and and in PEI. Mm-hmm. So all over, all around, all, all over Newfoundland. I mean, have you been there your whole life? In Eskazoni, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. I moved here for school for a bit. Uh, my dad lived in Halifax while when I was a kid, so I'd spend some time in Halifax. But like, home has always been Eskazoni. We, yeah. And like, did you like growing up there? Uh, honestly, no. Um, <laughs> I love that. Awesome. I, I I I feel like that's a a small town thing for for everybody who's from a small town where it's like mm-hmm. I. They, everyone's like, oh, I need to get the hell out of this place. I need to get the fuck out of here, right? I, I don't want to be here. But then when you grow up, you're like, that was home. And that like, when when you get to the age like where you're thinking about raising a family or whatever, it's like, yeah. there's no better place that I would want to do it. Like, mm. you know? You always come back to where you came from. Yeah. And, and we're, I actually totally agree because I'm from Anaganesh, which is also like, <laughs> it's a small town. It's, it's um, a university. It's a uni- also <laughs> a university all. town. So it's like, I think most of the population there is there during the school year. And then summers are pretty dead. Uh, and Anaganesh would love to do a fucking comedy show in Anaganesh. We should, I, t- I, we should chat because I, I, I would love to have you come I, and be I, on that I, show. I reached out to um, Piper's Pub in Anaganesh. Yes! Thank you. Piper's Pub would be perfect. Yeah, yeah. I reached out to them. They they haven't got back to me. They, I I left a message with my name and you know blah 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 uh, with the bartender and he's he was like yeah I'll have the I'll have the owner get back to you. Still haven't heard back, which sucks. Just but I was definitely to... I was thinking about you because I know you're from Anaganish, I so would I was like love... I put you on the lineup and oh it'd be great. Clifton, I would love to do that. I would love to go tell cum jokes to people I went to high school with. You have no <laughs> idea. That's the pinnacle of success for me. <laughs> that's my what that's only, what I do. <laughs> my only thing is is like I, I'd fucking do that in a heartbeat because um I too have been craving that coming home, go back to where you came from, like like I'm 34. So I'm in that stage of like, Oh, I appreciate that little small, chill, small town a lot more now because now I'm like, I go out in Halifax. And I'm like, these kids are so loud with their music. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like it's so, it's so fast paced here. And, uh, um, it is really a great town. It would be fucking great for comedy because you have those, you know, you could advertise it to like ex students. Like, I mean, Piper's gets that Mm-hmm. I mean, they would get a mix of people for sure. They would get really they'd get, any they'd age get their old people crowd that show up for like fiddle shows. Yes. Especially if they knew my last name because my grandfather was uh, Lee Krimmel or a famous fiddler. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah. So you have a they, they, they'd, they'd probably think it's going to be a fiddle show if they saw my name on the bill. And then. But hey, they'd be why so don't we get a fiddler to come and uh, do some fiddles uh, in between comics? That, that that could work. Like we we did a show in Tadamagush a couple weeks ago or. At the beginning of July, uh, this is not a Canada Day concert, uh, was the theme. And it was celebrating Indigenous artists. Uh, I hosted it. Uh, Morgan Tony was like the headliner, kind of. He was the fiddle, he fiddled. 
Um, Jerl was also on the show. He's a great rapper. Um, and yeah, like I was kind of skeptical about the idea of like a variety kind of like, you know, Format. a fiddle, a rapper and a comic. Yeah. Like, how, how is this going to work? But the crowd was really great. Everyone was supportive. It was a fantastic show. I truly think variety show format is such a good format because I think the people who go to variety shows appreciate entertainment in general. Obviously, if they're going to see all these mediums, they are there to see those mediums. They're not there to get drunk and chat Mm -hmm. like a lot of people who go to comedy shows are, you know. Uh, So you're getting people who have never seen comedy, maybe. Now you're walking away with new comedy fans as long as you put on as long as you do good. Not don't bomb. Um, and vice versa. So you're kind of mixing the mediums. I fucking love it. We've done a couple drag burlesque stand up shows here in Halifax. Mm-hmm. Most fun I've ever had on stage was <laughs> I, at, I, and I have a theory about this because I do secretly think deep down, like I'm a very flamboyant, either a flamboyant gay guy or a <laughs> kind of a li- dry queen light. You know, like I wear a lot of makeup. I love glamming up. I love dressing up. So like I went out there and I was like, not only am I going to like, just do my material as best as I can do, but I'm going to be fucking sassy and I'm going to be performative because the people in that crowd like drag and burlesque. Mm-hmm. So they're there to see they're seated, a performance. They're to see and for me, sometimes I go, I feel like my comedy is too performative for like open mics or sometimes even booked shows. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I have to tone down like my performance, like and just kind of be more chill and do the jokes that way. But this time I ramped it right up. And I had so much fucking fun. It was one of the first shows back from the lockdown. So I was feeling so rusty, so rusty. I think I only had two mics Mm -hmm. to kind of practice before that. And uh, most fun I've ever had. But it was because it was a match. I have this theory now about comedy shows where it's kind of like um, Tinder in a weird way. So sometimes the comic sucks. Sometimes people just don't do good. Okay. Sometimes the crowd fucking sucks sometimes it's just not a match so sometimes the crowd just doesn't connect with the comic the comic still performatively yeah did good but they just don't connect so it's not a match and sometimes it is a match so i kind of see shows like that sometimes whenever i'm like looking at shows that go well or don't go well Mm -hmm. i just kind of look at it and go maybe they just didn't connect with that comic you know because you'll I don't know. I'm talking a lot about comedy right now, but you're a good person to talk to about this because you you put on so many shows and you're also a comedian. So you're seeing both sides. Yeah. Yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I've definitely seen shows where comics just aren't a match for the audience and uh, it happens a lot. Um, And you you know, like as as a comic, like, oh, this guy's an excellent joke writer or this guy is like this person's a you know, great performer, but it's just not clicking because there's, there's a disconnect. And like, you know, obviously like I like to sit in the audience for all of my shows. Like I I don't like green rooms. Good for you. um, Cause I like to feel the energy of the room, I guess. And like, I can also like kind of gauge what's working. And like, if I have any similar material, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Like these kind of jokes are falling flat all night. So I'm not going to do that kind of joke. Um, but if I'm in a green room or whatever, and I'm disconnected from the audience, I don't know that. And like the, the first time I ever actually had a green room was our, our show in Tata. Nice. And, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone told me that I did fine. I did great. But like, I felt so bad. I felt so disconnected from the audience. Something was off the whole really? performance. Yeah. The Tata I, show. Yeah. I just no felt, way. I felt so off the whole time. Huh. 
that's weird. And that, that, isn't that funny though? That like everyone else can see, yes, you did great. And then you go, uh, something wasn't quite right. And like, how do we figure out what that is? Did you do any like, are you the type that like, as soon as you get off stage, you're instantly criticizing yourself? Because I feel mm-hmm. like most comics are like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're just instantly like, I didn't I, say I'm, this right. Yeah, I'm instantly criticizing myself. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to improve what I did wrong, that kind of thing. Uh, it's usually, it's usually negative, but also I'm, I'm pretty positive. Like I'm pretty confident and cocky. So like I, I can tell when I've done well, um, Love that. And, and like, so like when, when people are telling me, like, even though I felt off, like, Oh, you did great. Like I can see what, what they're saying. Like, I know they're not lying to cheer me up. Yeah. Like I know that they generally thought it was a decent performance or whatever, but like, um, to me, it's just like that show. I fucked up my first joke. Um, I, I just skipped a whole tag, a whole punchline. And then I remembered at the end. So I, I was like, okay, that's a good joke. So I'm going to do it at the end, but it's a, it's a beginner. It's like, it's like a joke for the front of the set. So I did it and it didn't land as well as it would have in the beginning. And like, it didn't kind of make sense at that part of the set. So it was just like. I couldn't tell if my performance was off because I missed that. So my whole set list was kind of out of sync. It threw you off. It threw you off your game a little bit. Yeah. Like like we were just talking about how, you know, syncing our lips up to our movement or whatever. Like my my set list was no longer synced to my performance. I hate when that happens. (laughs) I hate when you miss just like something that would have been so good. And then you're in, then you're up there and you're going, fuck, I missed that. And like, (laughs) fuck, this would have been so much better if I'd like done this. Um, Do you, you host a lot too, don't you? Do a lot of hosting? Uh, recently, yeah. Recently, yeah. yeah. Um, because, I mean, I, I've been kind of booking my own shows, especially in like the Sydney area. So that's where I've been hosting mostly. And and Tata, um, Marshall is great. Marshall. Oh my gosh. Shout out to Marshall. Yeah, we sh- have to shout out Marshall. I think. Marshall fight. I, I owe Matt Baker many favors. And he said, you owe me. But, um, but you just have to put me and Marshall on the podcast together and we'll be even. And I was like, okay, let's make it work. Marshall and Matt. I'd love to talk to Marshall. I mean, what a cool thing that they've done there in in Tata. Like it's, it's truly so nice to see like these small communities, like really embracing like arts yeah, and especially comedy as an art form. And like this amazing venue, like let's describe it for people who might not know. It's the, uh, it's the Grace Arts Center in Tatamagush. Um, Jollymore Grace, yeah, so good. The Grace Jollymore Art Center. Um, they're they're an art gallery, and they have a, they have a performance center. They're part of Creamery Square. Uh, the whole thing. They have like different museums. Uh, they have Jameson's General Store there. It's just this really great little little place in Tatamagush um, that celebrates art. They have it even in the gallery. Just like all of the pieces that they curate there, so fucking great. Like so they're they're yeah, it, really great art. Like. If I was rich, I would try to buy it all, but I'm <laughs> not. I'm a comic. <laughs> <laughs> Something to strive for, Clifton. Yeah. Start and, saving. And then the the performance center, they they have a theater there and it's it's beautiful. Amazing. Um, they're always booking like can't can't shout out Marshall enough. Marshall yes. Marshall is doing so much good stuff. Like he 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 worked to organize the uh This Is Not a Canada Day concert to celebrate indigenous artists, <sighs> which is you know so important. So um much booking all these different types of artists like like you said comedy embracing yeah. comedy as an art where typically um no one does like we can't get art grants or anything like that for for comedy even though it's performance art you know you can get you can get an art grant for ballet but <laughs> you can't right. get one for comedy 
which is wild. And I think I think there's this weird. Yeah, there's this kind of stigma on comedy of like, yeah, that's like, like you know, like a dive bar thing. Like, let's put them in the dive bars. Whereas like a community like this being like, we have this amazing theater and like come out and like comics from, you know, all over can come and be on a show there. And it's just, it's one of my favorite memories of doing comedy, honestly, that show. I, I had so much fun. It was just so, so great. So awesome. Great crowd and like great energy. And like <clears throat> when people care, Mm-hmm. about the shows that they put on it makes such a difference yeah you can really see people perform better because they know that like i'm taking care of here i'm gonna get some money there's drinks backstage wait there you might got be, money there might be other <laughs> stuff backstage oh my god so funny so that show <laughs> matt was driving me back and uh and it was i've only been paid like a few times for comedy like i've done a, a good chunk of like booked shows but me i'm just like i'm just this open micro like i don't fucking expect anything like yeah. i'm just happy to be i'm just happy to be here uh so when i got paid for that show i was like holy shit i wasn't <laughs> expecting this much money and then he goes how much did you get and i told him the amount and i can't remember how much it was at the time it was a good chunk of change and um and he goes no way i only got this much thanks sarah <laughs> and my heart went oh like i should have known that he was joking but in the, in the car i was just like are you kidding me man what i'll give you my money here you go like i was just like oh my god i'm so fucking fickle i'm very fickle very fickle that, but yeah no yeah that's the uh like we did we did a show last week um in another little place in in upper kennett cook uh it upper was, kennett cook yes it was kennett me cook. patrick cadigan uh, who's also from Cape Breton, also really great. Um, Mitch Tuznard and, and Durham Laporte. Mm. And like I saw that it was like a barn. Yeah, it was in a, in a barn. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was it was at a campground and we were in we were in a like they had a barn as a venue, like for for the campers. Like they have music shows and stuff like that. Um and they they had a the comedy show that night. And I was just talking to Mitch and Mitch he's r- relatively new. Yeah. Um I mean so am I, but like yeah. We, Mitch is relatively new. Uh, and he was like, yeah, I did. I, I don't even expect to get paid. So like getting, I, I've been paid like this much for doing the, the open mic or whatever, like, you know, get 10 bucks or whatever. And like, 10, like sometimes you'll get 40 and you'll be like, fuck yeah, I'm going to treat myself to some food. After this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can buy a drink at the show and I can get food after. I like, can eat. Yes. <laughs> so funny. The, the, the way we ran the open mics in Sydney, um, we, it would just, it was just pay what you can. And then the headliner, whoever was the headliner that week, would get half of it, 50%. And the other comics would split the other split, 50. Split amongst them, yeah. yeah. And the first, time, the first time I ever headlined, um, a lot of natives from Escazoni came out. A lot of people came out to support me or to see me fail. I don't know which one. I, I assume to see me fail because they haven't really been back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, they, they, like they, they came to the first show. Like, there was like 100 people at our open mic. And then... The next time I headlined, there was like 80 people at the open mic. And then the next time I headlined, there was like nobody. Oh it, it, was, it was, they were just like, oh, I guess this is what he does. He's not going <gasps> to embarrass himself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, Which is what we came actually for. actually really good. Fuck. This isn't what I wanted to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, the, a lot of people came out to the first open mic. And uh, like I said, I was the headliner. So I got 50%. I made like over $200. On, yes. on my first headlines and i was just like wow this is a lucrative career right comedy. <laughs> and then you're like oh no this was just a special circumstance <laughs> really there's not a lot of money at all and it's a lot of work yeah and you have to put so much time into is the thing and uh 
It's um. Did you have a strong start when you started stand up? Um, decently. I mean, like my first set, my very first. Yeah, yeah. Because I I heard that um your first set. I read it in the article yeah. that you went up um because of a dare. So well, I, I was it was that? it was my own dare. I mean, it was I'm, your I'm, own. Dare. I'm incredibly vain. <laughs> Are you? So that yeah. So like I kind of planned it, but I also not really. But I was just kind of like when we got. Okay, it's a it's a whole long story, but to make a long story short, um, we got there, me and a group of friends, and I was just like, you guys dare me to go up on stage? And then they were like, yeah, do it, do it. And I was like, really, really? You guys you guys think I should? And then they're like, yeah, yeah, go, go for it, go for it. And um, I was like, all right, I guess, I guess since you're pushing me into it. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. But um, you kind of wanted, you were kind of egging I, I, I them on because you wanted to get out there. I, yeah, but I was also incredibly scared. Uh, I was incredibly nervous. Um, I had I was with a group of friends uh, playing squish basketball, which is like LGBT friendly, uh, like all inclusive basketball, right? Squish. Uh, squish. S Q W I S H. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's just it was a group of us, you know, just friendly basketball, no nice. no competitiveness kind of thing. Um, yeah. And uh, a couple of my friends from Escazoni were with me, but. Largely, the group consisted of people from like Sydney and surrounding areas. Uh, Bradley Murphy, Ashley McKenzie, who are both incredibly supportive of me the like the whole time, and they're also great artists themselves. Um, they 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 were really great. They were supportive, but like I was so nervous because I know I knew that they were supportive people because you know they started an ally LGBT friendly basketball league. Right, right. So they they're they're nice. They're supportive. But my friends from Escazoni were there, and they'll roast the hell out of me. Right. So I was like, can you guys leave so that I can go up on stage? Because <laughs> I don't want to be made fun of if this goes oh. bad. So I, I kicked my friends from Escazoni out of the room to do <laughs> to do my set. That's so funny. <laughs> well, yeah, because when you're when you're starting, you want that. You just want that little boost to be like, I did the thing and I, I didn't die. You know, like <laughs> I got through it. And then and then you realize, like. Yeah, performing for strangers is really the best way to do it because you're really getting a sense of like if you're actually funny or not, which is you, your first set was to, like you had a planned one, but then you just went up like a week early. Yeah, so Matt Baker. Matt Baker says that I I had a wedding planned, but I decided to elope, and that's <laughs> the best way to describe it because I built it up so much, mm -hmm. and because people had known me in the comedy scene, it was like Sarah's making her grand debut at ladies night at oasis pub and it was built up so much and all my friends were like we'll go and we'll support you and i was like you want to know what like it was so much pressure it was unnecessary pressure on myself to be like my friends are coming it's gonna be a decent sized crowd it's a ladies night like i'm up there with like you know Catherine robertson and like like these women that i really look up to and i'm like just fuck i'm gonna it's my first set and i'm gonna i'm not gonna do well because it's my first literally my first time ever doing it mm -hmm. um and uh i literally just went to daily grind one night it was right after the pod i was recording with i think it was brandon on durham we did an episode here and then on the sh on the podcast you hear me go oh i'll be at daily grind later tonight just to watch though i'm just going to watch and when i got there um I was like, oh God, I feel I feel tempted to just get the nerves out, mm -hmm. get those first initial talking to a crowd nerves out. Uh, and Matt was like, spot 13 is free. And I was like, ah, eh. 
eh, and then I was like, okay, put my name down. And he's like, it's done. And he like wrote my name down and he goes, it's done. You're up. And I was like, <laughs> oh shit, I can't turn back now. And I did, it was like literally just like a small coffee shop, like not a huge crowd, but like no one I knew. All the comics were outside because it was summertime. So they weren't like sitting at the back judging me. Yeah. It was perfect. I truly don't, I don't regret it at all. My friends were pissed at me because they were like, we wanted to see you. And I was just like, you don't understand how much of this is just like, let me just get up there and like speak words and get them out and get those initial nerves out of me so I can be slightly better for the second set. It still wasn't perfect, but it's the only it's actually the only tape I have of me. That's like a cohesive comedy tape is my second set. And that was a year ago. So like you didn't record it like your stuff at Tata. I have the Tata set. It's the Tata set is good. It's just visually not not the the best. The Oasis one was like straight on. You can like see me clearly. I just don't like I'll just gonna be honest. I don't like side shots of myself. So that tape like I think I posted one clip from it and I could probably get some I actually probably get some more clips from it. But when I think of like good sets that I have recorded, I think of like the Tata set, the ladies night set. And I did, I did record my Yuck's guest spot, but I haven't, I haven't. You haven't watched it back. I haven't watched it back yet because I'm scared. Yeah. I hate that. I, I, I've always, I don't know if I have nerves about it, but like every time I, I record myself, I go out of my way. I'm like, I want to set up my tripod. I'm going to set up my camera. I'm going to record this set so that I have some footage to either post on social media or to submit, you know. To submit, to, and that's a, that's a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to submit or like, you know, if I'm booking a venue, I can be like, here's here's some footage of me. So, you know who the hell I am. Right. Um, every time I do that, I feel like I do fucking miserably. Right. Like, I don't know if it's because of nerves or because I'm just overly critical of it. Or maybe you're thinking too much about the recording. We had this moment in in uh, River John, actually, for the ladies night, um, because we had thought that Corinne was going to because he usually tapes all the shows mm-hmm. um which is wonderful actually i'm gonna reach out to him to get that set because that might be a good one to have um but i thought you said it was miserable well <laughs> oh that was no the, the first oh, river, di- john show, river john show yeah i've done it twice so the first river john show was was good uh and i did i did quite well so i might i might try to get that set but the, the ladies night show was good it was just everyone did good it was just the crowd was rowdy and like hammered but we had these moments um kind of wrangling because when we found out it wasn't being professionally taped we were like who has a phone who has space on their phone who has and i was like i have a phone with very limited space but i have a tripod so let's just do it we'll share phones and share like me and emma both recorded like she recorded half the show on her phone and i recorded the other half on mine Mm -hmm. and we had this moment of like talking to kirsten and adrian and alva being like Every time that I know I'm being recorded, I don't do well. So maybe record me, but maybe don't. And don't tell me what it is. (laughs) And I was like, I really like that idea of like just giving someone the power to record you and giving them the choice. And then you just going up and doing your thing and not really knowing if you're being recorded or not. Because I think that that does play into your nerves a little bit when you know something's on the line. Especially if you're like, if you know you're sending it somewhere, Mm -hmm. like a competition or something, you know. So. Yeah, I I recorded uh, recently. I did a show in Inverness opening for Matt Wright, and mm. I recorded that set. Um, How was that? That was really great, really yeah. good. Um, lots of fun. He's he's hilarious. He's incredibly nice. Oh, amazing. Um, really cool guy. Um, yeah, I I I was the only I was the only opener, and like there was no host or anything, so I just, I brought him straight up. Um, my set was about twenty minutes, 
Um, and I feel like it was great the whole time. Uh, but like that he, I, I asked him to just, you know, hit record on my camera yeah. when I set it up and he did it a little bit late, I think, cause the camera wasn't on or whatever. Oh. So it missed the first couple jokes. So I had to like get a clip out of there. Um, like oh, a, I got a 10 minute chunk that was, that I feel is really good. It's like the first time I'm ever proud of oh, video I've gotten. Oh, see, but see, that's just it, right? Because I feel like you can record everything, but like the ones, like the ones that you're like, it looks good and it sounds good. Those are hard to come by. Yeah. This, mm-hmm. this one looked good, sounded good. Like I didn't know what to expect from the sound because I had my camera kind of behind a glass window in the green room. Right. Um, but it looked great. It sounded great. Yeah. Uh, I did. I did. I mean, pretty good. Fuck yeah, buddy. Ooh. Good for you. Um, we got to give ourselves credit more, I think. <laughs> For good sides. We really do as comedians. We're sad fucking sad, <laughs> sad, insecure people. The most we could do for each other is like pump each other up and like and give ourselves credit. Like to go, I did good. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to go, I did amazing. And I crushed. Like that's where ego comes in, right? Yeah. People overuse the word killed, crushed. It's always so violent. <laughs> What other murders? Slayed. They murdered. Destroyed. Yeah, it's just very, very aggressive. But like, just, just to go, I did, I did good. Like, <laughs> we need more of that. My style too is like, uh, I find it. That's why I love going to like pro shows or or seeing someone like like Matt Wright or seeing someone like Matt Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just so many, so many punches per per second. Like it's, yeah, like they're constantly going and they're, you know you're laughing the entire time where my style, I'm more of like a storyteller kind of person than I add a punchline at the end. So like I have like this kind of lull. Right. And then big laugh and then lull while they're listening to me. Like I recorded a set at the daily grind. Uh, were you there? Uh, maybe it was the, the yucks. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, maybe I might've been there. Yeah. Who um, knows? I, I recorded was. my set and I, I felt like I did really well in the moment. And then I was like, okay, I want to watch this video back. And I, I but I didn't want to watch the whole thing. So I was like skipping through and no one was ever laughing at any point I skipped to. And I was like, mm. Oh, maybe this wasn't as good as I thought, oh, but I it that. was just because I was talking and not being funny. Oh, <laughs> I see. That's so funny. <laughs> I, I love the, there's a saying that always sticks with me, which is like, when you do comedy, it's never as bad as you think, but it's never as good as you think either. So like the truth is kind of somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm, have you had, so like your, you said three years in, and I'm curious to know, like you, you made a comment before we recorded about you've only really truly bombed a couple times, you said. Yeah. So um, have you ever experienced like, growing pains because like i'm at the year point and i'm really not feeling great right now in terms of like settle down bo burnham uh, (laughs) (laughs) i actually needed to hear that i really did (laughs) but i'm just at the stage of like i want to write better jokes i want to write a variety i want to just i want my material to be more uh versatile and um I'm just, I'm just in a funk. I'm in a funk okay. and I'm not liking the old jokes. So did you ever get to a point like when you were like, you know, a couple of years in where, where you're going, I hate all this fucking shit that I'm doing. Like, I hate my jokes. I don't want to do these jokes. And then you have to do them because you get shows and you have to do your best. Yeah. And you're usually your best 
is older bits that you've worked out longer. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, I've always been so kind of like, I've always been a guy who uh, at our open mic in Sydney, I would want to come with new stuff every week. Oh every week have, have new material uh, regardless. So, you know, maybe maybe do a couple of old jokes in the set, but like at least have one to two new jokes per set kind of thing. And um, that was that was my focus. And I never really focused on hammering down polishing. Uh, pol- and, yeah, I didn't focus on yeah. polishing anything. But like then I would be listening to your podcast and I'd hear someone <laughs> I'd hear someone like Travis say, like, you know, all the shit you write in the beginning is bad. Yeah. Uh, you're going to throw that out. Right. And then I'm like, really? All all my best stuff is from like my first month. <laughs> it's like I wrote all my best stuff long ago. And now I, I feel like I can't keep up with it. But see, but the thing is, and uh, I, I wish Travis was here to confirm this, but I think there's some truth to that. It's just those bits when they started were something, but you've probably evolved them over time to make them better. So they could still be your best jokes. Cause I agree with you. Some of the jokes I have are still my favorite ones to do. Like the ones that I just love so much. Cause it's just such a good idea in the joke. But over time, when you stretch the muscle, you add tags to it or you deliver it a, a different way Yeah. or you, you know, you can build on it. I think I heard somewhere someone say, fucking Christ, where did I hear it? I listened to too many podcasts. I can't credit the exact person, but it was just essentially like milk every premise to the fucking bone. Like if some, if there's a funny premise, milk it. Like I'm trying to develop a whole chunk about demisexuality. I have so many things to say about that whole thing of being like, I want to be a big slut, but I just can't. Like, I just love that idea. Um, so like I'm, I'm developing a huge chunk. If that's what being a demisexual is, that that's me. I want to be a big slut, but I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> but also it's, but the can't is my own doing. It's not for, it's not like, like, so why can't you be a slut? Cause I'm hideous. <gasps> oh, stop it. <laughs> Stop that right now. You are not. Um, are you someone who's... I, I feel like we're getting so away from my other segments that I have because I just love talking to you so much. But we're going to shift gears slightly. Um, I start doing this thing with this kind of new iteration of the podcast where I tell the guest what I assume about them based on what I know of them. Don't punch me in the face. Ow. Because okay. a lot of these are new guests that, like, I might not know as well. Yep. Um. So based on what I know of you from, I would say, like, social media and also just, like, what I've heard about you through the scene is oh. I think that there's, I think that you are someone who has very few people that dislike you. Is that true? I don't know. I mean... That I, means that means you're, well. I, it, it, whenever I I <laughs> talk about something like this, it's like I try to be liked, but I assume that there are a lot of people who can tell that I'm trying to be liked and don't like that. Really? <laughs> you know? I, I I I want to be liked. I'm I'm like a people pleaser. I, that's what I try to be. Like I, I try to. So you'll hear people say, like, "Oh, Clifton's incredibly nice" or whatever. But people who are close to me are like, "No, nah, Clifton's a fucking dickhead." You know. <gasps> That, see, this is fascinating to me because 
from what I've kind of seen of you, there's not one person who hasn't gone, oh, Clifton, what a, <laughs> what a great guy. Like, and they say it like that. Like, they don't just say, oh, he's a nice guy. You know, like, you'll, you'll see people around, which, yeah, he's nice. It's nice. But like everyone who ever talks about you is like filled with joy, like when your name comes up. And so like I, I was curious, but like so what you're saying is, is that sometimes sometimes you put the act on to to be liked. And so their version in their head of you might be skewed slightly. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But I think I think it's like more like a I don't know, like a courtship process, like mm. like where I'm um. With with newer people or people that I'm not super familiar with, I try really hard to be nice so that they they like me, and then I can let the guard down a bit. And then once they nice. really get to know me, then you know uh, <laughs> they're in too deep; they can't get rid of me anymore. Oh, interesting. <laughs> do you are you someone who opens up a lot? Like, do you open up quickly? Kind of, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I, I'm I'm de- I'm pretty much an open book. Uh, good emotionally, I guess. I I. I yeah, I'm not afraid to talk about emotions or I'm not afraid to get sad. Um, oh, I love that. I do, I do like a thing where I torture myself and I just watch sad videos on YouTube to make me cry. Oh my God, I do that too. What, like, what type of, what type of I, sad I just, videos? Well, I just keep rewatching like Jurassic Bark from Futurama. Oh, I don't, I don't know that. You don't know that? Is that a sto- like a story well, in the it's, show? It's a, yeah, it's an episode of the show. Um, and just like the the plot line is incredibly sad or you, you you haven't watched Futurama? I've watched it like here and there, not not consistently. Okay. But, but to be honest, Clifton, like that's not an offense to the show. That's just my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I, I can't honestly expect anyone to just like be super into like, I'm so crazy about Futurama. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. Like my, my pandemic uh, depression thing last year was to just spend money like oh. the online shopping was my was my coping mechanism was it because there was nothing else to do like I, I you couldn't leave the house in Escazoni actually we had like we were actually locked down like Shucks. they put barricades up on either side of the reserve so nobody could come in or out fuck so you're like r- literally locked down yeah like, like- and, and there was a curfew of 7 p.m or 6 p.m so like we were we could only be in Escazoni and we can only be outside of our house until 7 p.m and then and then they had they hired like extra security and like it was like it was like police state honestly holy shit that's (laughs) scary it was pretty it was pretty nuts so the only thing i could do was you know go online go on amazon go on ebay um so my pandemic coping mechanism was shopping and i bought i got into like action figures which is Uh, okay which is probably another reason that i can't be a slut because like It's just like perpetual virgin got like action figures on my wall. I, I actually have like some shelves and I call it the wall of virginity. Um, <laughs> the great wall. Have you ever, did, did, were you ever uh, blessed with meeting Andrew Vaughn when he was alive? Uh, a couple of times, but like we never got close. Like, got I, I mean, I did, uh, Gus's. I did, I did Gus's and Barely's, And I think he was on that show the week before he died. Fuck, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, Andrew, also is a big I wouldn't say action figures but like he loves bobbleheads he loves toys he his apartment would knock yours out of the water like the amount of toys like you would walk in and it was like a couple full floor to ceiling shelves full of toys everywhere yeah that it's kind of like my place I mean except I have it all in my bedroom and not the whole apartment you know what um, I say Listen, I think it's really hot 
when a guy has a passion. <laughs> so I don't I don't think you should be ashamed, Clifton. At least you really like something. There's nothing worse than a guy who's like, oh, you know what? I like uh, like online talking online on dating apps and stuff. Like, oh, like what? What do you like? What do you do? I work my job, and I like to have I like to have patio drinks. It's like, what else is there about you that like everyone should have a passion? And like, while well, you might judge that passion, I think it's good that you have that. Good for you. <laughs> Don't go in debt because of it, though. <laughs> yeah, let's let's like, I'll take you to my apartment. And you'll just be like, yeah, that's that's hot. Like all the all the toys the right girl will think it's hot <laughs> I, girl I, right I, I need yeah. i need to confirm with every guest these days it's 2021 i don't want to assume anything but i'm pretty sure you're straight right yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure too i mean you know yeah, yeah. things could change but things could change Sexuality's people fluid. change people grow but, but i do like yeah i do think if you find your match they're not gonna they're not gonna care about that they're gonna appreciate that about you i i did a joke right? about that um Early on, I had like a, I went to Walmart and I was flipping through their posters and I found a poster <laughs> of Ninja. Did, did, did you ever hear me do this joke? No. You know Ninja, the uh, Fortnite guy, the Twitch streamer? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. He, he, he became incredibly big when like Fortnite was at its peak a couple of years ago. So yeah. there was like posters, like the Ninja merch in Walmart. And I was like, I'm going to get this Ninja poster. And I, I put it up in my bedroom, right? And uh, my, my, my friend comes over and he he's like, do you ever plan on getting laid ever? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, see, I, I'm like a, the kind of person where I'd, I'm, I'm like romantic, I guess. So like, I, I feel like if I got to the point where someone was in my bedroom, you know, that's not going to affect it, affect the relationship. Exactly. And I, I was like, you know, she, she, she won't care about the, the poster, you know, she won't <laughs> care what I'm into. And then my buddy's like, yeah, but, now she'll think that you're what you're into is like 10 year old boys who play Fortnite. <laughs> That's hilarious. But you're right. So are you someone who so you're romantic? How are you romantic? Let's dive into that. I'm not. But like, I don't know, just I, I watch a lot of movies. So like okay. you, you asked for topics and one of the topics that I gave movies, you was like movies. Yes, yes. I could talk about movies. So like, I don't know, maybe it's just me being like socially inept or whatever but like all my ideas and values are like basically from movies so oh. so like you don't see people netflix and chill in a movie you don't see people like people just go straight to the fucking there's always like a, a romance there's like a, a, cor process. a courtship you yeah know? yeah and so that's what i envision it like <laughs> in my head and that's oh, that's probably why it does i i never get laid <laughs> what's your when's your birthday uh the 17th so like 10 days from now oh shit so you're you're a leo yes i'm a leo oh, damn i was i was curious because a lot of romantic people are like water signs um <laughs> <laughs> none of this makes any sense to me it doesn't matter i don't know why i, I just i always i always kind of like knowing what people's star sign is because it's just interesting but i can totally i can totally see the leo energy actually now really that, now that i think about it every post i see on facebook and charismatic it's like here are the signs ranked and it's like the best and it's like sagittarius women blah 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 and then leo men are always in the worst wait where did you see this ranking and i want to know where i see it <laughs> <laughs> well, Sagittarius I, women. I, are it was awesome. just like people sharing it on Facebook or whatever. I don't. I can't recall who. That's strange that Leo men would be the worst. I mean, I think the thing with Leos is people think that they're egotistical. 
And you and you said vain. So I think, but I also think that that's that's fine, as long as you're not hurting anyone. Uh, Yeah, I've always kind of felt that way. Where like it, I feel like it's good to be confident, but it's bad to be cocky. And like the the way the way I would say the 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 distinguishing factor between those two for me is like. If you're putting yourself up, that's fine. But if you're putting others down in the process, it's bad. So yes. if I was like, if I was like, ding, I'm, ding, 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 ding. Got a bell ring. I got, I got, I got, I got a ding. I got a ding more. Finally got a ding. Oh my gosh. I've been waiting. It's a weird setup. Like, I, I've used been like, to be, should I do it myself? You can do it yourself. That's why I'm kind of putting it here. Because uh, the old setup, you used to kind of see this would be lower and like you would be beside yeah, me. Yeah, we'd be sitting and together. And you could see the bell. So in this weird setup, you actually don't see the bell. It's just it's just audio. But the bell is still here, people. And you're more than welcome to ding it if I say anything that like you really agree with. Or I, I, I always say the bell is like a yes bell. Like, yes. <laughs> uh, but it's also like if someone does a really good burn or something, you can ding it too. So Okay. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you burn me real good, I'll do it. <laughs> only burn people that don't exist yet i have all these like roast jokes kind of written for people i haven't met yet like i really want to look into a crowd and see like a douchey guy and just go like you look like a guy that would plug your snapchat in your tinder profile so i was going to say that the, <laughs> yeah the difference for me like that's a very know, specific type of man. not bringing others down that's what got the ding <laughs> you know i think yes there and then um so like it, I, I think it's fine for me to be like, oh, yeah, I'm a great comic. Like, I, yeah. I, I've I've been, you know, doing doing well uh, for myself in comedy. I've been making people laugh. But it would be bad for me to be like, yeah, I, I just did a show and I, I slayed and I was way better than Sarah was. Right. Oh, I, that's a great point. That's a great point. It reminds me of a quote from the amazing Olivia Rodrigo, who is a superstar pop star right now. But she has a lyric that says um, she has a song called Jealousy, Jealousy, which goes into being jealous of others or comparing yourself on social media to others. And the lyric is um, their their win is not my loss. And it stuck with me for a long time. When someone wins, it's not your loss that they're winning. And same for you. Mm-hmm. When you win, it's not their loss. So you make such a great point. And that whole like, I'm better than you or like, like, that's where ego, I think, really fucks comedians up when yeah. they get to that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, you you definitely see that. And like, uh, I, I don't remember who was saying it recently, but I saw someone saying that comedy should be more like a team sport and we should all cheer each other on instead of. Uh, we think it's competition fighting for imaginary spots that aren't there or, or, you know, maybe they, they are spots that are there, but like, yeah, you know, um, who, someone who's doing really well is, is Travis. He just yeah. did just for laughs. Travis. Yes. Yeah. He just did just for laughs. He has his album taping next week, which yeah. I, I should see you there. Yeah. I'm going to be at both shows. Yeah. You know, I'm going to try to provide a consistent laugh. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's that balance between going, I know what I've done. I've put my work in. I know my strengths. But I think with comedy, we all just have to appreciate what everyone does individually. Mm-hmm. Because hopefully if you're doing your job as a comedian, you're finding your own voice. And you're not going to be like the people. Like You should just be like you. Yeah. And And I wrote a note on my mirror, or like I taped it on my bathroom wall, recently which was just like focus on your own shit focus on your own shit focus on your own jokes this is why i write from my life because i'm like 
No one else has this life. Yeah. Like, why don't I have more jokes about podcasting? You know, like I told you before I turn this on, like, I feel like I, I podcast right people sometimes. <laughs> that could be a joke. Why am I not joking about that yet? Like, you got to write. You got to just, I don't know, appreciate what you yourself as an individual can bring to the art. Yeah. And when you start comparing yourselves to others, and I really think it's just that idea of like, it is a crushing feeling when when you're in a crowd and you get tepid laughs and you get you do you do okay, but then other people kill and you just go like why why am I not mm-hmm. killing? That's a shitty feeling. Have you have you had any feelings like that sometimes where you're where you're just like, I'm not good enough. Like I wish I could be like a Travis or you know. No, uh not not necessarily like good. like we we've said like you know, I, or like I said, I've only bombed a couple of times where, or like my, I feel like my audience reactions are generally, generally consistent. pretty good, yeah. generally consistent. And like, uh, uh, one thing that I get told very often by people after shows, uh, compliment that I've received a lot is that I seem genuine. I yeah. seem, I seem like myself on stage. Yes, they're, they're like, it almost feels like we're talking to a friend yes. or, or a friend is talking to us. Yeah. And I, I'm like, that's a good thing and it can it can be a bad thing like Ooh, do you think you're uh like i or a criticism that i got uh fairly recently was uh, and it was a positive criticism the guy that said it said i have great material i've got uh great stances but i need to polish my stuff a bit more polish my delivery okay and it's like if i if i got super polished and punched it up a lot i feel like i wouldn't feel as genuine anymore it's the i think sometimes people can get too comfortable on stage. I can kind of see, I could not necessarily with you, but I could see that being a thing that people would look at comics and go like, you're not, um, not a pro. It's interesting. Who's at it? Uh, we've, I've been kind of observing. I've been making, doing a lot of observing lately about just like different comics and just how audience react to different comics. Um, and like, I heard something recently, which was essentially just like so many people get up there and it seems like they don't care. Because they might not be doing fully polished jokes. Like they might be kind of like talking with the crowd, going back and forth. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people see that as like, oh, like you're too casual, you know? So it's like you have to find that balance between like showing like that you care and also being funny. Yeah, you're you're not a professional funny man. You're just a funny man. Yeah. Or or something. Yeah. I guess. Which um, is, which is, have there been gigs of that you've done where you go, I got to bring it for this one. Like, I really got to. I, I, I try to think like that almost every time. Good um, for you. That's but awesome. like, typically I do try to like, when it's something bigger, like the, like the show last week in Inverness or two weeks ago, whenever it was, um, with Matt Wright, I was just like, you know, this is a big opportunity. Yeah. Um, I need to do well. And I, I feel like I did, um, shows that are kind of. Like I've, I've, I was treating all of the shows in Halifax that way. Like whenever I would show up to Oasis or, or wherever right. I'd, I'd be like, I have to bring my A game. It kind of like screwed me over one time I went to, um, Oasis and I, I basically like the first time I did Oasis, I think, uh, Chanel was the host and it was like, you know, early 2019. Yeah. And then I went again and I did basically the same set and some lady came up and she was complimenting me. She was like, oh, you're so funny, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I remember you from last year. You did you did like all the same jokes, but they were great. And I was just like, I, I did all the same jokes. Feeling. I did all the same jokes from a year ago. 
at least they were memorable that she knew I did them a year ago. But like that's there you go. But like, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it kind of felt shitty. It's a shitty feeling. It happened to me in River John, actually, because I remember when I got booked for the ladies show at River John, I went like it's been a couple months, but like I'm doing a similar set. There might be one or two new new like jokes that I didn't do last time. But like if we're talking like my strong seven minutes, it's the same seven minutes because I'm a fucking year in bitches. Yeah. Um. And someone also came up to me after and said, I saw you last time, but I love you. And I was just like, it's a compliment. But at the same time, you're like, fuck, why didn't I? But if we're always writing new stuff on the chance that someone in the crowd has seen you before, we're going to be putting out dribble constantly. Well, yeah, that's what like that's what it was when, when I said I was trying to write new stuff weekly at our open mic in Sydney it was just like because the crowd was always the same it's Regulars, like I don't yeah. I don't want to just do the same jokes every week so like I, I would listen to your podcast and I hear someone experience say you know uh you're only a year in or two years in what you should be working on is a tight five that's right like for that whole one that's to two right. years that's and right. it's like I'm I'm almost three years in now I'm two I'm two and a half years in and like I have almost three hours worth of material right i mean you're but you're also doing shows like what's the longest uh set you've ever done hour and ten. Two and a half years in that's fucking amazing what the fuck clifton <laughs> what's in the water there you just talk slow <laughs> but like what do you can so like i i get the sense that like you're someone who is just you're naturally gifted in terms of being funny like you are just you have that natural you're just naturally funny and this this came easy to you is that true this this must have been like when you start doing comedy something clicked in you right you're like this is it kind of kind of um i i I wouldn't say that i'm naturally funny as so much as i i have a group of friends who are all naturally funny. So I have great people to bounce ideas off of who will, you know, give me, give me ideas. Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of a hack. I steal, steal jokes from my friends kind of, but I mean, I think hanging out with funny people, funny people can stretch your muscle. Even if you're not doing stand up. you have to, because you have to be quick and you have to be on with them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I love hanging out with Matt Baker for that reason. Matt, Matt, Matt Big Baker. shout out to Matt Baker. Let's do the Matt Baker. Um, let's do. Okay, I'm gonna set the timer. We're gonna, <laughs> we are going to set the timer for one minute and uh, and talk about Matt Baker and how awesome Matt Baker is. All right, ready? One Here we minute. Go. That's go. it. Go. One Matt, minute. Matt Baker is incredible. He's so funny. I've I've been like, you know, I've known him known him for a bit now, and he's always you know uh, providing opportunities. He's always brand like reaching out and you know helping others not not just me a yep. bunch of people a bunch of comics he's he's so incredibly nice like uh we were just talking i was just talking to chris Haleff last night and he he's got nothing but good things to say about matt i mean i'm the same uh, he's so incredibly witty he's so incredibly talented like it's quick he's quick um he like you know people he, he even thinks like he's been kind of shoehorned into doing crowd work and stuff like that, but it's because he's so fucking incredible at it. And it's not just that, like I've, 15 I've, seconds. I've, I've mostly seen him host and stuff, but like he's been headlining recently and just seeing him come with his written material and mixing it with his crowd work. It's so incredible. He's always on fire for like, he, he did, I don't know, 45 to an hour. Time's up. Him- That's all you get. Oh. Matt. <laughs> 
Okay, no, no, I'm just joking. Keep going. He did 45 to an hour. In Tatamagush for his like album album recording. Which and I didn't it, know was an album taping, by the way. And I yeah. was pissed at him because I was like, if I had known this, I would have made a trip up to see it. But I also appreciate the fact that he did it kind of like, you know, he didn't make it. He didn't advertise it as an album taping, which is an interesting way to do it, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if it's that's good or bad, but but uh, how was the show? I didn't see it. How did he do? He did, he did incredible. Um, he's like I said, you, he'll never say it himself. He, yeah, he he wouldn't. Um, <laughs> he he'd be critical of himself, like like most comics are. But it was so good, and it's yeah. just like you know, seeing him at the grind or seeing him at other like more casual open mic settings, he's just kind of riffing and it's like, yeah, he's, he's really funny and stuff like that. But then to see him do a, a full headline set, um, you're like, holy shit, this guy is a pro. This guy is a fucking professional. This- you hear that, Matt? <laughs> yeah. It- you're right. You're totally, and he is. And, uh, he's that he has, he's that natural raw talent. That like doesn't come along that much, you know, and I I think every comedian could be great. Some it just takes longer or more work than other people. Mm-hmm. But someone like him, he's like I think he has the natural talent, but I also think he has the work ethic yeah. that th- that contributes to him being so fucking good. Yeah, you know, it's and that combination. It's it's uh, it it might just be like how laid back of a personality he has. Yeah, and, and you you like. It, it almost feels like left field, like with me, especially like people will talk about, oh, I'm pra- I've been practicing my set in the mirror or whatever. Or I've been recording myself and timing myself to get my jokes down. I don't have that work ethic. I I don't do that. Maybe you don't need to, though. I, I kind of need to. Do you um, bring notes? Like when you do a 20 minute set, do you bring notes up or no? Yeah. You do? I, I okay. bring like a set list. Okay. I, a, set, a set list. Yeah. yeah. Not notes. You're not reading from notes, but yeah. you have a you have a guide as yeah, to like, like what like, you're doing. Uh, like right now, I have like I've been working on a, about a ten minute set that like that I that I do know in my head, like front to start or front to start, start to finish. Yeah. Um. But then if like I did the twenty minute set, I need notes after that that ten minute chunk of polished set. Right. Um. To be like, okay, where do I go from here? Because the the ten minute chunk that I've been working on is kind of like my native stuff. Nice. Um, Because that's what's going to get you booked. I was going to ask you (laughs) You about that. You got to play the affirmative action. Well, it's interesting because you and I, you and I had a chat in the car um, where you were talking about residential schools. And I was just like, I don't know much about this (sighs) stupid white girl. Um, (laughs) Just a fucking idiot. Uh, I was going (laughs) to... At least I know it. At least I know it. (laughs) But like, it's one of those things where like when, when all that stuff went down, I I just kind of thought like, I'm curious to see as what you're going to do with this. And like, if your writing will change based on these discoveries and stuff. And is that the case? Did you, have you written? Yeah. Yeah. Jokes about it. I've got got some jokes about it. Um, I I always, I, I try to, uh, I don't try to be careful. I mean, it's obviously a, a very important subject, uh, very important subject matter. And I'm like, I'm never going to disparage victims or anything like that. Uh, but like, I, I do like to think that my jokes about the subject are informative and clever and non-offensive right. uh, to two victims. I, I don't care if I offend white people. Fuck, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're in it, right? Like you're, you're allowed to. You know, um, so 
Interesting. And like, <laughs> <laughs> have you gotten any any weird backlash, or like, has the response been like fairly? No, the fairly response good. has been fairly fairly uh, good. good. I mean, yeah. we'll we'll see if I have a larger uh, native crowd, but like it it like the article that was in the Cape Breton Post about me was like about how I'm tackling these subjects, um, right? And you know, I, I I have some jokes about the moderate livelihood, the lobster stuff. Like you, you've right. heard that joke, yes. oh, yeah. Um, yeah. which I think I have improved on recently. And then I have, you know, just more, more general jokes. Um, I I've always kind of like felt, I don't want to lean into the native stuff because I don't want to get shoehorned into it. Right. I, I don't want to be stuck. And I say stuck. I mean, it would be an incredible opportunity to be able to travel around to different reserves and to bring laughs and Yes. All that stuff. No. But I don't want to be shoehorned into that. Like, no. I, I want to be known as a versatile comedian. Absolutely. Like, you know, I, I don't want to do all of my stuff for CBC Indigenous. It would be great to do it for CBC Comedy. That's right. That it, I mean, hey, that's that's like you don't want to be typecast and yeah. be in a certain character. And that's fucking fair. But it's also awesome that you can speak to those things in a way that's smart and funny and can actually like alleviate some of the feelings around this thing. Cause that's a good fucking thing to do for people, for people to be able to go to a comedy show and like hear you say something that like hits with them or that they relate to. And to be able to laugh at that, despite how mm-hmm. fucking painful and like brutal it is to deal with this. Like you must you gotta feel good about that. Right. That you're, yeah, well, you're spreading. You're, you're, you're making spreading people joy. think about it. Yes. You're making people think about it. Yes. So when I, when I talk about like the residential school discoveries, the, the bodies and stuff like that, you know, uh, when I introduce that topic, it, it does take like a more somber tone in the room. People, uh, people shut up. Probably pe- people shut up. People, people, shut up, people yeah. listen and they're like, okay. And then I'll, I'll I do an ex- explanation of what's going on at the beginning of the joke. I'm like, you know, right. the, the bodies at these different residential schools have been discovered. We're up to, I'll, you know, whatever the body count is now. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, at 11 schools, over 2,000 currently, plus in the Truth and Reconciliation thing, there was over 3,000. So it's like 5,200 it's at right now. Um, so like- Just this, unthinkable. This, yeah, it's unthinkable. It's crazy. Um, so I bring that up and it takes a somber tone, but then, you know, I lighten the mood because we're at a comedy show. So then- a comedy show, But yeah. like, I, 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 the last thing I want is these- children to be forgotten you know so bringing it up in 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 a comedy show puts it on people's minds even if it's funny they'll leave the show thinking that was a funny joke about a sad subject and then maybe what can i do more to you know (laughs) see now you're sad because i haven't delivered a punchline no i i think that's that's so wonderful that you're doing that because you're right even if you make them laugh, like you, they are going to go away going, that was a memorable joke. And like, now I'm thinking about it. And like, maybe they'll, you know, donate yeah, money or, you know, do something or even just be more, being more aware of it is so important. Just awareness, mm-hmm. I think is, is so important. If that can come through comedy, like wonderful. Um, what, when you are writing about these sensitive subjects, do you have to, so like, are you someone who like you experience a feeling or something comes up and you experience the feeling? Do you need to take some time to like feel that before you write jokes or do you just instantly no, go to instant, jokes? No, instantly. It's, it's, it true sucks. comic right here. It true sucks. comic right here. You know, someone, someone will like die or something. And then I have a joke and I'm like, oh, it's too soon. But like, 
it's it's a trauma response in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, and especially like uh, you talk about Native people, we've been through so much trauma that uh, humor is a trauma response. It's it's a coping mechanism. Uh, that's why so many Native people are incredibly funny. Um, oh, wow. You know, it, it, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's instant. Because you have, it's almost like you have, you have to do something to keep yourself going. Yeah, yeah, and I I feel like that almost applies to most comics. Like we were we started to discuss this earlier. Yes. about uh, comics with like mental health issues or depression. Yep. kind of thing, and like you know, comics are sad guys. Comics we're commit sad suicide. Cl- we're literally like the sad clown paradox. Yeah, is is what it is, um, and which is interesting because you're someone who definitely like you're a storyteller, but you pull from your, per- your life, right? Like your life experiences. Not every comic is like that, but I still think even the comics that are doing jokes that aren't so personal, I do think the act of doing comedy comes from a place of sadness. And because we're like, laugh at us. We want to make you happy people, please like validate through your laughter. You know, it's, it comes from a sad place. Would you uh, agree? Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's more like a like um the world is incredibly fucked. Fucked. The world is incredibly sad and I'm trying to make it bearable, not just for me but for everybody. So you make jokes to make other people happy. To make other people happy so that they can better deal with how fucked the world is. But this is my thing. How do we as comedians also make sure that we're happy? Eat a lot of ice cream. <laughs> I'm like just intolerant. What do I do, Clifton? <laughs> you're like, you're eat sitting- dairy free ice cream. Mm, it's not as good. It's not as good. Did, oh, uh, have you ever tried like Dole Whip? No. There's a place in Cape Breton, George's River ice cream. They have this Dole Whip. It's like a, it's basically like, I don't know how, how the fuck they do it, but I think it's like pureed fruit or something. Oh, yeah. It's like frozen yogurt almost, but they also have vanilla. And somehow their vanilla is dairy free as well. And they mix, they do like a swirl and it's so, it's fantastic. Ooh, um, I love a swirl ice cream. Yeah. Like chocolate and vanilla. Yum, 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 yum. I have a few friends who are like vegans and like we just go to George's River for, like I, I order the Dole Whip even though I'm not lactose intolerant or oh, I'm not yummy. vegan just because it's so fucking good. So good. But honestly though, I, I do wonder what, like I do think about it quite a bit, which is like, I do think that comedians really got to, we also have to really make sure that we're also happy. What we do is kind of, you know, we're doing it for other people to make them happy, but like we got to keep ourselves fucking in check too. And I don't know. I don't know what that is. Maybe the, like maybe the government should offer free therapy to comedians (laughs) or come on my podcast, free therapy. Um, But like, what do you do? Like, do you, like you said that, you instantly go to writing jokes, which I think is very con- common when Andrew died. Um, the night that we all found out mm-hmm. an instant group chat was formed with all of his comedian friends and comedian adjacent friends, just instant jokes, instant roasting. <laughs> oh, I, I hope the paramedics can, are strong lifters, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that, like instant. And it was for me, I had not started stand up yet. And I was just like, Oh, my friend died. This is and I and I was like, I have to actually turn off the notifications of this group chat because I couldn't deal yeah. with jokes right away. Like the whole this this new pod, this new iteration of intoxicated is feel hard, talk hard. So like feel first and then talk about it because mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of that. 
is there any like do you see yourself learning to deal with feelings better through comedy or do you think you have some work to do i on prob- yourself prob- i don't know um it's <laughs> a deep question it, sorry. It, it is a deep question it's a heavy one to uh, ask but yeah that, i don't know are you someone who's like are you depressed person i i have episodes i have You've depressed episodes. episodes you don't um, seem like you seem like a hot like that's why i said my assumption was like everyone likes you because you seem very happy all the time nah no no I, no i'm just like i've got i've got resting bitch face i'm just like <laughs> Like if you play the video back, like basically anytime you're talking, I'm just like, <laughs> that's okay though. But you, but you're smiling now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that that's, but, um, when you go through hard times, have you been through a lot of hard times in your life? I mean, everything's relative. Everything's relative. I mean, I've had hard times. Other people have had harder times. Other people have had less hard times, but we're all having hard times. We're all um, literally all of us. Yeah. All of us. Um, I've been like fortunate enough that uh, I mean, I haven't uh, lost anyone close to me or anything like that. Like I've, I mean, I've lost a a few people that are kind of close to me, but like really, like my grandfather when I was seven, uh, he passed away. That would probably be like the most impactful death that in my in my life, and that's when I was seven. You know, wow, ages and ages ago. I mean, um. Another great comic, uh, this would be kind of like my my Andrew Vaughn, I guess, would be uh, Mike Gillis. I, I don't know if you ever heard Mike of Mike Gillis. Gillis. not sure. Mike Gillis was from Cape Breton. Uh, he passed away in 2019. Okay. O- October 2019. Um, yeah, he it, like he was incredibly funny. Um, yeah, I, I love that guy. Loved Mike so much. Uh, he was incredibly supportive of me. Uh, incredibly funny himself. Like, Whenever I see someone perform, I always like kind of rank them in my head. It's like a not them as a person, but like that's one of the funniest sets I've ever seen, or one of my favorite sets I've ever seen. Or memorable, memorable, or like yeah. like to. Well, actually, if you're on stage and you make another comedian stop chatting with the other comics and watch you, you're probably doing something right. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and Mike, like the first time I ever saw him, not the first time I ever saw him, the first time I ever saw him, he was kind of fucked up drunk and he, he did not do oh, well but, but uh yeah. the second time i ever saw him he did a set and it was like so incredibly funny i was i was just dying he was he was a uh, he was in a wheelchair right and like a lot of his subject matter would like he was like roasting himself and all that oh, and right. it was just like so incredibly funny to me and i i just like fell in love from that moment and, uh, like we were we were becoming good friends when he passed away and but that that's like the difference i guess like you were friends with vaughn for a long time not really actually well a few years about two years solid of friendship but like we were you know probably to the outside at least considered like new friends you know like a young friendship but like in the time that we were friends it was a very close friendship so like Mm -hmm. i'll net like i i'll be at some point getting a tattoo to like tribute to him just based on like like how he's influenced me, how I think about stand up. I don't know. Like we just, uh, I just a part, a part of me is like I can't wait to die because I'll get to hang out with Andrew again. <laughs> like that's how close we were. So short amount of time, but like yeah, big impact. Yeah, big yeah. impact. And like with Mike, I'd say it was kind of the same, but like we we never got to the point where we were like 
super duper close hanging out all the time but like we were we were getting there like we were talking more often and like you know and like when he passed away it was just like i was robbed of a potential friendship of a potentially great friend and that's sometimes the worser one right because you don't have the memories that you wanted to have yeah 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 it's kind of like um reminds me of like heartbreaks and like when you when you get hurt by someone you never dated it's the same kind of feeling it's like we could have Oh, what could have been? And like the 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 grief of um, potential. Yeah, yeah, is a tough type of grief to deal with for sure. Yeah. How did he die? Um, he was uh, I forget what the name of his uh ailment was. Oh, he was, but he was sick. But he was sick for his whole life. He he outlived his um expect expectancy. Wow. By, by eight years or something, like he was expected to make it to thirty five, and he was like forty two, forty three. Um, when he passed away. So, wow. I mean, we really, um, if we don't have our health, we don't have much. eh? It's it's, like, we, it's just, it makes me mad sometimes because I'm like, I don't take care of myself and I treat my body like garbage. Mm -hmm. And like, then there's these amazing people who are sick and it's just like, fuck, why can't I be sick? I I feel guilty sometimes. to me like i'm not i'm being <laughs> selfish and i'm not i'm truly not uh not taking care of myself uh i'm not good at it what about you are you good I, at t- are you good at self-care do i look like i'm good at taking care of my jesus christ i don't but like when <laughs> i see you i don't go you're unhealthy i don't think that at all oh i'm i'm definitely unhealthy but like i've i've, I've figured out the solution Ooh, what's the solution don't ever see the doctor and he'll never tell you you're unhealthy <laughs> <laughs> that's what andrew vaughn did <laughs> <laughs> didn't go great for him clifton <laughs> great minds think alike i guess great comics but think you alike. know what like that's funny because i am working on a joke that's like the uh, what what's what i treat myself by making a doctor's appointment that's my <laughs> treat for myself to go what all is wrong with me like let's 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 find out kind of thing yeah i, I really do think i should start taking better care of myself maybe you know seeing the doctor but like i have this like kind of fear not not of the doctor or anything but like uh, when I think about the future, uh, when I think about dying, I'm like, I'm, I'm overweight right now. And I haven't been taking myself care of myself for a bit. Um, yeah. like I'm probably, you know, if I'm lucky going to make it to like early seventies, if I'm lucky. What, but what, uh, I, what, okay. So like we all have weight things like weight is always something well, that makes us go. We're not healthy, but are there other things with your health? That's like making you think that? No, no. None, nothing besides that, but just like, um, so what makes you think you'll only live till seven? One, one thing my uncle said, my, my great grandfather died at 64. My grandfather died at 60 and my uncle was like, oh, so I'm probably going to die around 60. So he's like, I'm just going to live life to the fullest. And then I'm like, if you're living life to the fullest, like partying and whatever, you're probably only going to make it to 60 You're you're self-fulfilling that prophecy. Mm. So like when I think about like, you know, not a lot of people in my family or not a lot of the men in my family have made it very long. Um, I'm like, if I'm lucky, I'm going to get to 70. And then I start thinking like, oh God, that's not long enough. Like, no, it's not. That's, that's, that's soon. How old are you now? Uh, 28. I'm like, that's soon relatively. Uh, and then I'm like, that's not far away, but then I'll get on like an airplane and then I'll be like, you know, this airplane could crash and I'm content with the life I've lived. (laughs) You have to strike the balance between living life to the fullest, but being healthy at the same time, which is the challenge. Because if your idea of living life to the fullest is, oh, drinking all the time, eating anything you want, 
eating fast food all the time and then you're getting you know it's 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 a tough fucking thing to like figure out but i think you know i i do see so much value in exercise i'm a shitty eater like that's something that i'll always i think i'll always be a shitty eater but like eat as good as you can eat like don't don't subscribe to diets because it will never work but just just do your best. <laughs> That's what I always just say. I'm just like, just do your best to eat. Like, if you if you can't get a salad instead of fries, maybe do that every now and then, even though that fucking sucks and I hate it. <laughs> I hate salads. You know what is pretty lit uh, when, like, McDonald's for Happy Meals has, like, apple slices? Mm. Those are great. Have you? I, I've never I mean, I them. never order a Happy Meal, but. <laughs> on the subject of health, and I guess, like, taking care of yourself, what are your thoughts on death? Are you scared of it? Are you? Uh, yeah, I'm terrified. I'm terrified oh, of death. Good. I don't like to think Thank about God. it. That's why I was saying, like, you know, when I think about 70, I'm like, that's not long enough. I need more time. Like, I, if I if I could become a vampire, I would. Like, I would definitely want Live immortality. Forever? Yeah. Like, what? I think I think maybe I'm, because I haven't suffered loss so much in my life, I'm very emotionally disconnected from it. Uh-huh. So, like, when people are like, yeah, the problem becoming a immortal would be like everyone you love dies i'm like yeah they do that anyway so like (laughs) (laughs) there's only upside to this oh my gosh Uh, yeah the upside is it ain't me exactly exactly so anyone who loves me is never going to experience that loss yeah (laughs) i'm doing this for my friends trust me (laughs) i'll be sad but they'll be happy they'll be fine They'll never have there to is, lose the great yeah, me. It would be interesting to have the choice between like, you can, you'll you die in a couple years. Or maybe, let's say 10 years. You'll die in 10 years. Or you could live forever. I don't know what I would pick. Because living, because what would you, would you not get to a point when you're living forever where you just go, I'm exhausted? I, I or mean, would you just you, have you, endless You energy? would, you would. But I, I am, like, I'd imagine if you could live forever, you would die when everything else has to die. There's you would die to, at the end of the world. Yeah, there's inevitably going to be like a heat death. The sun is going to consume everything or explode. And like, oh, God, you'd, you'd probably have to die there. You're not going to just be floating around in existence. I would love to, to see the end of the world because I'm a big, I get FOMO a lot. And I feel like if it was like, we're all going to die together. I, don't, I think I would feel so good about that because <laughs> I'd be like, I'm not going to miss out on anything. We're all dying. Yeah. That's the ultimate, like, like, okay, bring it. You know, there's a movie. Um, it's called Melancholia. Do you know I, this one? I, I think Kirsten I've heard, Dunst. I've heard the name, but I haven't seen it. It was like it's kind of a polarizing movie. Like people either really, really like it or they mm-hmm. they're like, oh, this was shit. But e- essentially, what the movie is 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 like this girl with cl- like insane depression, like clinical depression. Um, it's it it opens on her wedding day she goes and fucks a stranger in a, in a golf course and then like her husband leaves her and like then she like falls into this like pit of depression and then there's a planet that's like coming towards earth and they're kind of like we don't know it's going to hit earth or not it may or may not you know and it's just like each day like you can see this planet getting closer in the sky mm-hmm. Um, then it turns out that it is going to hit and all the people around her are panicked. Like her sister is like fighting it. She doesn't want it to happen. And she, the depressed one is like, has never been happier. <laughs> and she's the calm one. She accepts it. And she's like, 
this is happening and I'm embracing it. And it's just, it's, it's the last scene. I gotta say it sticks fucking sticks with you when you watch it. Cause you're like it. One person's panicking as this fucking meteor is coming mm-hmm. like to earth or it's a planet uh, hitting earth. And like, she's just, she's just sitting there like, let's go. And I'm like, I always think about that. Cause I'm like, I, I really want to be around for the end of the world. Is that really like dark to say? Would you want to be around for it? I mean, kind of. Yeah. I, We're the, in it together. Yeah. You're, you're Let's in go it together, together. And you, you, you know for sure that you've lived long enough because so is everyone else. I mean, that's the metric you judge by, right? Like when, when I'm like, yeah, 70 isn't old enough. Uh, it's because other people are making it to 90. Other people are making it to 100. And you're like, that's where I want to be. I want to I want to just fade out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, fade, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to go earlier than other people yeah. so if everyone's going at the same time perfect you got nothing to complain about anymore i totally agree i really want the world to end <laughs> great so much less pressure <laughs> then i won't have to worry about doing good at an open mic like i'll just be <laughs> like well, it's we're, oh it's i'd still want to do <laughs> i still want to kill an open mic how would you spend your last your last day like if i was to die soon yeah I like mean, if like let's say that there is a planet coming towards earth and it's going to hit in 24 hours what would you do i don't know i mean it, it sucks to be like talked about you know always wanting to get out of where you come from kind of deal uh because everywhere else is better it's like if if the world is going to end tomorrow i don't know what i would do because i'm still stuck fucking here <laughs> Like ideally, yeah, that's interesting because when I think of like big dreams that I have or like big goals, like I really want to go to Greece. Like that's my number one travel. I would just love to take like a month off and like go live in Greece for a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when I think of like the world ending, I'm like, no, I want to be in Anaganesh. Like, like really? maybe with my, I mean, I think I would want to be around as much people that I care about as possible. But like, I also am just like, I don't know if I'm anyone's, oh, this is sad. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if I'm anyone's end of the world buddy. Cause I think my end of the world people have their end of the world people. I mean, they'd probably That's let you sad. in. Yeah. Can I, can I just third wheel yeah, on I, the end of the world? Yeah, exactly. Someone that would be nice. That, yeah. That's what you have to do anyway. I want an end of the world person for sure. Like I want to, I want to have that you person. You want to buddy up end of the world buddies? Okay. Why don't it's a pact? If we don't find our end of the world people separately, we will be each other's end of the world people. Okay. And this is a, this is one of those great have, pacts. We, we kind of like, have a distance though, because Cape Breton and Halifax are a little. It's not that far. If we it's have not, twenty, it's if we have twenty-four hours. You know, you drive two hours, I drive two hours. We meet in the middle, then, then the we middle, have twenty-two hours. And and I say we get a bunch of junk food and put on like our favorite music, <laughs> and just fucking go out, baby. Like just do it. Um, we gotta hold ourselves to this pack though. If, if something in our life, while we're still alive, (laughs) Clifton, no matter where you are. If the world's about to end. But only if we don't have our, don't find like soulmates. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, you know, one of those packs you make where like, if not, neither of us are married by 40, let's just get married. (laughs) Yes. This is what it is. Kind of thing. Except like, that's very, very possible. Like, (laughs) but the end of the world is a lot less possible. Clifton. I I really don't. I don't think I'm ever going to get married. I don't think it's going to happen for me. What about you? Do you want to get married? 
How about this? If the world's ending in 24 hours, I'll propose. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I actually really like that because at least then I can go out going, someone asked me at least. <laughs> at least I got asked because I think so much of being a woman is, is like, like, I think sometimes you're just like, I'm so great. Why has no one even just asked me yet? It's not really about the answer. But like, why has no one asked yet? Like, I'm awesome. I'd be a great wife. I, I, would, I would definitely say no, but I'd like to be asked. <laughs> I'd like to have the option, please. Um, I don't know if I even want to get, do you want to get married? Is marriage something that like you, like you see for yourself? I mean, I, I'm, I've always been kind of like the, like my parents didn't get married till they were like, years and years into the relationship. Like they already had all the kids. I think my mom already had her tubes tied kind of thing. They got married, uh, in 2010. Oh, wow. Um, and like it they were always just like, yeah, we're common. We're, we're essentially married. And like, I, mm. I kind of feel the same way. Like, oh, what's the point of having a big wedding? But at the same time, I do like the idea of weddings. I do too. Like my, my, my buddy Quana is getting married, uh, Labor Day weekend and I'm in, I'm in that wedding and I, I, I'm so glad to be part of it. I'm Aww. like, I'm like super glad that my friend asked me to be, you know, it's an honor, part. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm one of the selected few. Yes, you are. Yeah. Have you, I feel like you'd be a great wedding MC. Yeah. They kind of, at, they were like, you want to do like comedy at like the reception? <laughs> and I'm just like, not really. <laughs> no <laughs> that, that's your night. Not my night. Yeah. You know? That would feel like, weird. Like, sure you want entertainment and I can provide entertainment, but like a big reason the, the a big reason I do comedy is so that people fucking pay attention to me and like get, but what if you wrote, if you specifically wrote jokes about them or like roast jokes about them? I, that's for the best man speech, right? It's true. Really? You're, I mean, yeah, that are you a roasty person? Do you like roasting people? Not really. I mean, uh, some people come up with great roast jokes, like almost on the spot where it's like, you look like you blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I love those. <laughs> like, uh, at the intoxicated, uh, live show when I, when I was there with the camera and Travis was like, you, you guys look like you're the evil guys in the German box yes! movie. One of the best fucking lines of the night. Travis wasn't even one of the debater comics. He was just fucking judging it. Fucking roast at the table of like blonde, muscly guys. <laughs> Oh my God. That was so fucking, and it was so dead on like to just have that, like, like very specific reference that is like, everyone goes, yes, that's exactly what they look like. Yeah. I love that so much. Oh my God. I love yeah. roasts. You had an assumption about me. It was really funny in DMs when I was like posted about the fairs being like, I feel like you're someone who hurl on every single fair ride. <laughs> you do look like that. Do you I do look like that? You or is it just because you know me? No, it's, I think it's the look you just, or maybe it is because I know you a bit, but like, I look I, like I, just, I would be anxious and have stomach problems. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, you're not wrong. I have the worst stomach. I mean, it is a fair assumption. It's a fair assumption. <laughs> but like, I, I, I can do roller coasters. Like I've been to like Universal Studios, Disney World, all, all these places, Six Flags with these great rides and i i'm great at rides yeah. but the fair rides are just like spinny yeah usually they don't like do flips or they don't go high and those make you sick so fast they and really like do. i can't do them and they really knock off your perception like tilt a whirl is like the tilt a hurl you know? i gotta say i love the tilt a whirl because when you get into that when you fall on like a, a tilt that's like a really big spin yeah you get that feeling in your stomach of like 
it's kind of like a sick feeling, but it's also like, I need to laugh. And you get the giggles so hard in the Tilt-A-Whirl. I fucking love the Tilt-A-Whirl. My favorite ride at the fair growing up was the Gravitron. Oh, yes! Yes. The Gravitron! Gravitron is the best. I used to, like, I would get on the Gravitron and then, you know, fight the gravity and, like, try to stand up and, like, walk around. Did it ever work? Um, Yeah, I was was pretty good at that. Uh, And, like, there were, like, cool Gravitron operators, too. Like, the guy in the middle would just, like get up and he'd like go fucking stand sideways on, on a railing and it'd be like, this guy is sick. That's what I want to be. <laughs> so funny. And, oh my God. But like getting on it when you're older, it's just the, it's so sickening. Uh, well the fucking, the zero gravity ride at the fair that I was on is essentially the Gravitron, but it tilts like it like goes. The roundup? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, yeah, I think it's been called the roundup. <laughs> it like spins Anaganish. and then it goes. Yes. In Anaganish, we called it the space out. Okay. It has like different names. I, like every fair has a different name for it. But yes, that ride. I love that ride. But it is scarier because you're like, not only are you sucked kind of back from the force, but like you're seeing the people ahead of you. And then you're also seeing how high you are. And it's just, it's insane. I love it. I love that ride. That, that ride is terrifying because like, because you can kind of see everyone in the circle. Yeah. And you're going like, you're going sideways yeah. and you're spinning so you can like see the person directly across from you and they're above you and then yes, you get, and on, then the, and then you get on top you. and now they're below you and it's then crazy. you're just terrified that <laughs> it's like it's like vomit roulette yes. like like you're scared someone's oh, gonna puke fuck. and it's gonna land on you right before we did that right at the fair recently um someone got off it and threw up in the trash can right beside us and we were just like oh oh this is not a good omen <laughs> this is not gonna be good i oddly yeah i oddly have not puked on any fair rides uh as of yet are there do you have any other deep deep cut assumptions about me um i came up with this one it's kind of a roast but it's also I love it. like it's, it's do it's, it it's a roast assumption i i feel like you look like the type of person to eat straight up cheese slices <laughs> ding 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 <laughs> Not wrong. I'm not wrong. No. <laughs> well, not only that, Clifton. I may go to the fridge right before bed and have a handful of shredded cheese from the bag. That's a level down. That cheese slices. That's. I mean, that's the, more acceptable. I think it's it's think? less common, but more acceptable. <laughs> I think it's so depressing. <laughs> I do love cheese, even though I'm lactose intolerant. I can stomach cheese. It's a weird, weird thing. But yes, you are <laughs> very correct with that assumption. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Do you have any assumptions about me? Other than that you're nice. I'm just trying to think of what other assumptions I have. Um, are you just like, do you have a lot of friends? Kind of. Yeah. Do you have a lot of close friends? I, I have a like really, really close group. And there's, you know, there's about five or six people who I'm really, really close with. Yeah. But then there's like, then I have a lot of like, you're a friend. Yeah. Uh, Matt's a friend. Kyle Baker, not Kyle Baker. Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, Baker. Kyle Carpenter's a friend. <laughs> Albert Coombs is a friend. Albert you know, the, all, all these people are my friends. I, I, I hope they'd say the same. Here's my question about that though. Um, uh, this is the end of the episode. So I'll say it. Uh, oh, end of the episode. Well, we're getting there. We're at uh, an hour 33. Wow, that's... I'm going to try to wrap bad. these by two hours. Well, we had that, like, 20-minute bathroom break. <laughs> it wasn't 20 minutes. 
minutes, was it? I, you, I peed you, for a you, long time. You were hobbling. Yeah, <laughs> I really had to be. Um, I feel like with comedians, we all have that baseline of like being comedy friends. Mm-hmm. But then there's certain, it, it goes in levels. So like there's a step up between, I would say, okay, we're all comedy friends. Most most of us are all comedy friends because we do this crazy thing. And we bond over that. But then there's like separate groups of like, here's a group that talk in a group chat a lot. So they're mm-hmm. on another level of friendship, camaraderie. Yeah. And then there's the other level above that, which is you hang we, out in person. You hang out in person. You do non-comedy things together. And I don't have that with a lot of comedians. And I really want to. I don't have that. I don't have that first level of like friends outside of the pretext of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I'd like to get that with people. Like, do you like, is there anyone like in the comedy sphere that you hang out with? I feel like, yes, uh, the answer. Lindsay Barron. Uh, oh, he's, he's, okay. Do you yeah, know, yeah. do you know Lindsay? I think I've seen him a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. We, we hang out a bit. Um, nice. Outside of comedy. Uh, and like, it, obviously it's harder for like the Halifax people. Like it, it's harder for do me to think? hang out with them because I oh, don't, yeah, yeah, you're not here. I'm not here. So like, yeah. Uh, Anytime I am here, I'm basically here for a comedy show. So if I'm associating with them, it's probably comedy related. Or like a post show hangout. Or a post show hangout or like a like a I need a place to crash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Because if I'm if I'm booking hotels, this is very, very non profitable. No. Yeah. But you have people in the city that you can stay with though. Yeah. You have a um, good chunk of people. Yeah, but I have like a a few friends in comedy who I hang Are out outside. with closer friends yeah yeah yeah. it's a it's a yeah it's definitely something i'm trying to foster more which is like let's just drink together like on a regular night or like let's i mean i don't know it's hard friendships are hard at this age because it's like what are we gonna do i guess i guess i could have people over Mm -hmm. to hang out but it's it's weird to try to find things to do with people and then foster that that's when you're busy when you're a busy person I mean, yeah, but even just just hanging out as an adult, like m- people think making friends as an adult is hard. Like you, you wind up being friends with whoever you work with or like yep. if you're in some kind of like recreational sports league or something, you become friends with those people. But then once you are friends with them, there's not much to do. It's like, yeah, you want to go out to eat or do you want to go yeah. out to drink? Yeah. And, and th- that's basically it. And that's why Lindsay is so cool. Lindsay Barron, like he'll just be like, hey, do you want to go play catch? Oh, <laughs> like, I love that. it's it's just like a simple free thing that like doesn't cost money like i'm a big fan of walks let's go for a walk like or a hike i like hiking with friends because like you can talk the whole time and you're also doing something physical so like you're feeling good as you do it um yeah i love stuff like that but i do find friendships hard right now and i don't know maybe i just suck as a person like that could be a two maybe they just don't like me but then we go back to being a comedian and wanting to always be liked and then you don't want to force things but you don't want to also be passive it's just this weird um weird struggle yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I, I get it i get it yeah and then the other thing too is like like the the whole wanting to be liked and not wanting to come off as pushy. Yeah, uh, that's that's something that I do struggle with. Where it's like, I'll, I'll I'll like message someone and I'll be like, hey, we should uh, we should hang out sometime. And yeah. then they're like, yeah, yeah, they agree. But I'm also the kind of person who takes it as face value at face value. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, they they do want to hang out sometime. So I'm, I'll be like, how about Thursday? 
And then they'll be, they'll be like, oh, Thursday doesn't work for me. And I'm like, okay, how about Friday or Saturday? And they're like, uh, neither of those days. And I'm like, okay, maybe they don't actually want to hang out. Well, it, it's up to that person to go, this day doesn't work for me. But what about this day? Like, it should be a give and take. Like, if they actually really want to hang out with you, yeah, they should put some effort in, into finding a day that, that works. Because I do feel like in, in any conversation between two people, one... It, I have a theory with this. Like one person is always a bit more flexible than the other. So it's up to that flexible person to go, I'm flexible. What works for you? Yeah. And then that non-flexible person needs to then go, here's a bunch of options. What can work for you? But like scheduling, it just takes the fun out of friendship. But like, I guess this is adult friendships and what we have to deal with. We should just all share Google calendars. Are you someone who keeps like a Google calendar or like, how do you stay organized with all the stuff you do? No, I just try to remember everything. Um, oh God. for, for like, yeah, <laughs> and it I, works. I, I don't Does really, it messed up yet. <laughs> not, not really. Uh, I don't try to write anything down, but like, you know, um, to, I'll have it in writing if I'm on the show or something like the, you know, whoever's booking it will be like, yeah, this date, this time, uh, like I'm in Moncton tonight. Um, so I, I do remember that, but then there's stuff where it's like, just social stuff where it's like informal. Um, yeah. And I, or I had a, I had a phone interview this, this Tuesday and he, the guy who did the interview, he booked it in like a week in advance and he was like, yeah, can we do an interview on Tuesday at six o'clock? So it was in the back of my mind and Tuesday morning, like I stayed up, like my sleep schedule has been fucked. So I stayed up all night and then I realized that like 8 a.m., Cause I was up all night. I was like, Oh shit. I have that interview tonight. If I go to sleep, there's a chance that I sleep through six o'clock. So I'm oh, staying up all no. day. Oh yeah. 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 And I only remembered it at the last minute. And then at six o'clock came and I was waiting for his phone call and like, there's no phone call. So I sent him a message. I was like, are we still on? And he was like, Oh yeah. So I think he kind of forgot to. Oh yes. But like, there's always that game. It's tricky. It's a tricky thing. I, I, I'm a big fan of following up and like just reminding people. Yeah. And, like, are we doing this at this time? Because I don't, I don't trust people. <laughs> I feel like everyone should adopt the Google Calendar invite because if you accept a cal- like a calendar invite from me, at the very least, I know that your phone is going to go podcast with Sarah. Like, yeah, like, and hopefully you set it up so that it tells you before the actual time. <laughs> I just have I have irrational fears of people bailing on me constantly. Like I'm constantly that girl who's like people aren't going to come to my party. People aren't like with dudes, like dates and stuff. Like if, even if they're five minutes late, I'm like he's he's done. He's bailing on me. He's 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 not not showing up because getting stood up, fucking sucks. Fucking sucks. Have you ever been stood up on a date? Kind of. Kind really. Of. I mean, not not really, but the, I've had people cancel at very last minute. It's the fucking worst. Um, I yeah, that. I will like go to extreme lengths to follow through on my plans, unless I'm like so ill that I can't physically do it. Yeah, yeah, that that's me, and like that's part of like the people pleaser thing in me too. Where yeah. like, I. Uh, Someone will be like, okay, let's do this on this at, at this time. And then uh, I'll be like, okay, that's what I'm doing that day. Even if I'm feeling shitty, shitty, if I'm feeling whatever, it's like I have to uphold this commitment or I'll feel shittier yep. that I 
bailed on them. That's extreme and, people and pleasing like, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll have, uh, I know people, I have friends who are like, if I'm like, okay, we're, are we still doing this? And they're like, you know, I'm, I'm just not feeling it today. And I'm like, thank that, God. Well, no, no. It, it <laughs> oh. may, like it, it's when I want to do stuff. I'm like, are we, are we still doing it? And then they're like, oh, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm not feeling it today. And it's just like, that would never be me. Right? No, I, I fucking agree. I'm the same way. Uh, it's one of the four agreements, be impeccable with your word. And yeah. I really uphold that. Be impeccable with your word. Like, I really try not to bail. At the very least, I really just try to reschedule with people. Mm-hmm. Like, or, you know, set another another time. Just because I'm like, I don't want you to think that this isn't important to me. This is important to me. Even if it's a hangout. Even if it's just like a... A friendly hangout, which I find tough to schedule into my life lately because I'm doing so much that I'm like, even last night, I was like, I could be doing so much more stuff right now, but I'm going to choose to like, I put it in my Google calendar, barbecue with friends. (laughs) Like I have to put stuff in my calendar now to make me do them. How fucking insane is that? It's pretty insane. Are you, do you, would you consider yourself like a workaholic type of person? Always, always staying busy, but you're busy a lot. I mean- Relatively. I mean, like, I don't consider comedy busy. Like, I, oh, you I, don't. I love it so much. Really? Yeah. Like, so you don't, you don't, you don't really see it as like, oh, I gotta do this. No, like, no. Like, like I, I, I truly do love performing. I truly do love comedy. And it's like, it's starting to get in me in trouble, I guess. Not in Ooh. trouble, not in trouble, but like, um, like you said, I'm getting, I'm getting more traction. I'm getting more busy i'm getting more offers and eyes on you uh, yeah. i'm getting more eyes on me so people will be like okay well, what do you charge right well what's oh, your what's your rate oh, i see what you and mean. then it's like i'm content with <laughs> with getting a drink ticket like <laughs> you know yeah. that I, I i don't need money for this like it's it's about being able to do it and if i if i can do it and have my travel be paid for like if it's in tata or something like if if i can get the gas money if you can and, break even yeah, yeah yeah yeah. if i can break even i'm completely content but like yes. that's not sustainable um no and you're you you've said this is what you want to do you want to go full tilt with this thing right i, w- I would love to i, w- I would love to uh, be a, like, that, like like you want to be a comedian yeah yeah um i didn't know it before but i found it out and it's what I'm truly passionate about. Fuck. Isn't that crazy? It really sucks you in. Yeah. Like when, when you start doing it, it really, it has a way of like being like a drug almost. Being like, yeah. I, just, I just want more. I just want more, baby. More. The feeling, the feeling of doing well is so addicting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I definitely would have quit if it was all like my, my bombs. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to ask you about that post-show instant criticism, instant self-criticism. How do you manage that with yourself? Are there things that you do after a show that helps you manage that not getting in that pit of just like self-criticism? Um, I, I'm pretty good at viewing it all as learning opportunities. Um, so that. if... If I if I'm like oh I flubbed a word that's just an in the moment thing, uh, it, that sucks. But like I know I'm probably not going to do that again. And if I do, it's kind of natural or whatever. Right. Um, but like, yeah, I, I view it as like a learning learning opportunity. So if this joke didn't land, I have to figure out whether it's the audience or whether it was my delivery or what what it was, and 
I, I'll try to update it the next time if I feel like it was part of my delivery and yeah. see if that helps it or if it's just a bad joke. Or uh, One of the things that y- you guys have here in Halifax in the bigger city is more opportunities. Like, yeah. like I, we, we had our weekly open mic in, in Cape Breton and there are five or six weekly open mics here, right? So yep. there are five times as many opportunities to test jokes. Wildly lucky, on, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all the rooms are kind of shit here, but <laughs> but ah, end of the episode, juice. <laughs> but like, but they're great for you're right, throwing you, spaghetti at the wall. So yeah, yeah, throwing yeah. shit at the wall. You can kind of do both. You can you can use them as I have a big show coming up, so I need to practice, or you can. I just love going up at Gus's and just fucking throwing out a new idea. Yeah. It's it's my favorite thing ever because you can really tell very quickly. And I tend to give like new jokes a good five tries before I go, okay, what's not working here? Because you got to try them at different venues, different crowd sizes. Like I, I do think you have to give yourself that kind of five real tries at it before mm-hmm. you then go, okay, what isn't working with this? I know it should work. What What doesn't work about it? And that's why you're right. We are so lucky here in Halifax to have as many mics as we do. Yeah. To really pump out those those jokes. The other thing though, I think with with an open mic, especially like like I said about bad rooms, like there are not sometimes there are people in the audience who are sometimes there's no people in the audience. Yeah. A sometimes so just, sometimes there's people in the audience who don't know that there's a comedy show going on and don't care yeah. that there's a comedy show going on. So like I, I like to I mean, I don't like to, but like I will do new material on paid gigs on bigger shows. I'll I'll do something that I just wrote. Um, I I try to write my stuff a bit more uh, polished, a bit more clean. Yeah. Like when it comes out so that I can test it that way instead of being like, oh, there's something funny about this idea. And like I try to have the full thing finished and I'll test it on a paid show or at a club uh, because I know those people are there to see comedy. And those are the that's the type of audience that I want to be performing it to. Very true. So like, and, and size numbers. Yeah. Get yeah. More people. Yeah. More people and people who are there specifically to see comedy are yeah. the best audiences. I think to test comedy on, you're probably, you know, right. you, yeah. You, you don't go like, there's a reason comics don't go to music open mics. Cause even if your <laughs> shit kills, you're not a musician. I have a friend who's doing that tonight in Bedford. She's doing like a variety open mic. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, good for you for like fucking taking that risk and, putting yourself out there in any way you can but like also yeesh this is gonna be interesting to see yeah yeah it's, it's either gonna work or it's not and she's the only comic on so it's music 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 comedy and it's uh gonna be interesting i'm excited to hear how it goes for her but like it's ballsy to do um but yeah no it's um i think like you're just like on such a good trajectory 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 that's a hard word to say um because again i think you are you are like a matt baker type you have that raw talent but you also have the work ethic look at you being all humble i i think i think no i think you got you got something (laughs) the only thing that's matt baker type about me is my hair and beard (laughs) (laughs) i think you're you're doing so great we have two more things we gotta get to really quick because i totally forgot to do the rant at the start um, do you have a rant for the podcast? I need to rant. Uh, rant, rant. Um, 
I guess maybe a couple uh, when people don't pay attention to things. Like yeah, if, we were talking if, about this. Yeah, we were talking about this. Uh, my mom, if you're listening, you do this, you do this a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, you'll you'll be like, oh, you should check out this YouTube video, and you'll you'll put on a YouTube video, and they'll be like, okay, and then they just immediately start looking at their phone and yeah. not giving a fuck about whatever you're trying to show them. Yeah, and it's like. It's it's three minute YouTube video. Like you can give me your attention for three minutes, and then like one one thing that my mom especially does. I don't know. I don't know if other people experience this. I, I know other people definitely experience the inattentive thing. But one of the things my mom will do is be like, I'll be like, "What? Well, so what do you think of the, the the video I just showed you?" And she's like, "Yeah, it wasn't good." And I'm like, "Yeah, because you weren't watching. You weren't paying attention." <laughs> and she's like, "No, I was paying attention. I just didn't like it." And then we get into an argument because it's like, "No, I know you weren't paying attention." <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's frustrating. Do you, do you find, okay, like I'm an AD, I have undiagnosed ADHD. So mm -hmm. like a lot of times if I'm not focusing, it's just because like there's a lot going on or like, but when you're like, just do this simple thing and like, there's no distractions and people don't do it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Why? <laughs> why? Why do you do that? Um, yeah, that's really frustrating. Any other ones? Any other ones? Um, don't hate me for this, but it's time for an unpopular opinion. Nickelback get a lot of undeserved hate. So this is going to be also your unpopular opinion. <laughs> okay, so we're going to kind of mesh segments here. So I, okay, describe that. <laughs> this this should the other not thing, be an unpopular opinion. Okay, let's hear it. Why Why do they get uh, uh, undeserved it, I, I, it became trendy to hate Nickelback, I guess, back in the day. I, they, they saw so much success so quick with that one album. Um, I think it was called All the Right Reasons was the album. With How, how You Remind Me and stuff on it? Uh, how You Remind Me was the album before that. But then, oh, they, okay. then they had a, the album that had Photograph and like right. all, all of the songs. Like They got more mainstream. They got more mainstream attention. Like How You Remind Me was a bop. Everyone loved yes. How You Remind Me. But then when they came out with that out, the, the next album... Everyone was like, nah, fuck Nickelback. Fuck Nickelback. Canada put out, you know, blah, 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 Nickelback. And it, that was totally undeserved. And like, I'll admit, I'll admit that that album, it all kind of sounds the same. And that's one of the criticisms that people have is like all Nickelback songs sound the same. And they'll like, you know, play two Nickelback songs <laughs> over each other. Yeah. And then it's like, like the same chords. It's like stuff. the same chords and the same beat. And then, but that they, they do all sound the same, but that song is pretty good. <laughs> yes! Oh my god! I saw them live a like I, don't know, I think just once, the one time they did a they did a concert in PEI for Canada Day, mm -hmm. and it was them with who else were they with? They were with a bunch of other bands. I think Collective Soul was one of them, and they yeah. were so fucking good. Um, and they put on a good fucking show. Okay, I had fun. I had fun at that Nickelback concert. They, I totally agree with you. It's undeserved. It's a fucking mob mentality. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. It's just people getting it, on it, bandwagons. It became, trendy, it became trendy to bully, bully Nickelback. And like, the here's why I have so much respect for Ooh. Nickelback. Right. Is that they had that album. They had all that success with that one album with all the songs that sounded the same. Right? They all became radio hits. Um, they... They got rich. They got, they got, they, they, got they got famous. They got rich. They got famous. Yeah. And they could have left. They yeah. could have quit. They could have retired. They could have said, fuck the hate. Fuck you guys. You guys don't like, 
you guys don't respect us, so we're done. You guys gave us millions and millions of dollars, and we're done. Yeah. But they still play rock shows at clubs and stuff. Like they're, yeah, they, they're passionate about music. Like they you, are. you haven't heard from them in years, probably. Um, but they're still they're still going because they like what they do, and you got to respect that. Ding 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 ding. That's a ding. <laughs> and they have some bops. There's some good fucking. This was the other thing I was gonna fucking ask you. Um, oh my gosh, Sarah, we're doing okay. I got I got eight minutes. Um, famous people. You seem to have a lot of pictures with celebrities. Yeah. What is this? Um, What's going on with this? You have just really good connections. Yeah, that's, that's how you make it in the biz. No, I'm, <laughs> it's uh, mostly Comic Cons. Uh, I go to comic conventions and, oh, like, you know, they, okay. they have autographs and, you know, meet and greet kind of stuff. Um, I, so I, it costs a lot of money to get those pictures. <laughs> most of them. Most of them. So the, the, this aren't, this isn't chance run ins or anything like that. N- not, not most of the time. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I've run into any of them by chance. Like, so. I'll give you the origin story of this oh, this this segment of my personality. Um, I love the band CKY. I don't know if you ever heard of CKY, yes. rock group uh, from the Jackass movies. You might know yeah. them, yeah. the the shopping cart song, um, and they were incredibly good to their fans. I mean, they're they're pretty much broken up now, but they they they're still going without their lead singer. Um, but CKY, I, I loved Jackass growing up. Yes, uh, my profile picture currently is me with the Jackass guys. Um, so I, I I loved CKY, started listening to their music, and they were very active online with engaging fans, like talking to fans. Um, I went to one of their concerts with my dad when I was 13 years old, and my dad was like, I think that like over there is where the band is. Let's go. So my dad takes me like in into this building, and sure enough, the band is there. So they start talking to me, and like Matt, who was their bassist at the time, uh, he like knew me from online, from chatting. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, became, became decently friendly with them. And I was like, that's so cool. Like being able to meet your heroes. They've been yeah. my heroes since I was seven. I mean, I'm only 13 at the time, but like yeah. they, they've been my heroes. I've loved this band and they're just nice to me and like all this stuff. So like, you know, th- there's a saying like, never meet your heroes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like, it's never been the case for me. I've, I've met so many celebrities and uh, of course, most of the time, you know, you're paying for a meet and greet. So they're going to be nice. They're, they're, they're doing their job. They're doing their job. Right. But like, I don't think I've ever had the experience. Randy Orton, a wrestler called me fat one time. What? Oh shit. <laughs> he, he was, he was making a joke. Cause I, I, <laughs> I was like, I was like, your legs are shredded. Like what, what do you do for leg workouts? Right. Cause I want to have legs like that. And I was like, I do squats, but I, I don't, I'm not even close. And he was like, I don't think you do squats, man. And I was like, what? Of course I do squats. And, and then he points at my gut and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> he, he's like, no, I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So no one's been a deck. You haven't met anyone who, who you've been disappointed by. No, not, not really. Uh, everyone's been incredibly nice it is a strange thing to me so some have been nicer than others um yeah it, it would be very unclifton of me to not shout out sufjan stevens uh singer uh singer songwriter uh hard to describe if you don't know him but it, have you seen call me by your name no the movie that came out uh he was he did the soundtrack for that oh, and he was okay. nominated for the for oscars and stuff oh, shit. um yeah he, he's probably the nicest person to ever exist Oh, wow. Um, even like even outside of 
celebrity. Right. Um, just a nice human. Just, just a nice human. Uh, very, very nice person. Um, yeah, that's... Have you poured your heart out to any of them? Like, how, what kind of fan are you? Because there's <laughs> there's multiple kinds of fans. Like, I think that there's the shy fans. There's the, like, screamy fans. They're, like, wh- where do you stand in terms of, like, how... Like, are you very laid back? I'm, I'm pretty laid back. And, like, uh, I mean, that might be partially why... I, I seem to have more uh, good fan experiences with with these people because you're not like overwhelming. I'm not overwhelming. I'm yeah. I'm definitely the type like if there were a group of people waiting to talk to this celebrity, I would let everyone else go first. And if they if they're like, oh, that I, I got to go, I'm I'm cool with them not talking to me. Right, like, like, give them the, the respect. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. Yeah, um, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's. I'm I'm definitely more laid back in that way. Uh and I'm also I, I try not to like ask I try not to ask fan questions like, oh, when you when you wrote this song in this lyric, did you mean this? Or like in this uh-huh. episode of Star Trek, did this like did the Gorgon? Even though blah, you blah, probably want to ask those questions, but uh, you're yeah, like, but they're, like they're not they're not gonna have the space for that. I'll right I'll, now. I'll just ask like normal people questions like normal uh, people. Yeah. Like uh, I, I when I when I met Sufjan Stevens, I talked about because he's from Michigan or he lived in Michigan. Uh, I was just talking about like Michigan's kind of like Canada and growing up, I did a lot of hunting. Like, did you, did you ever go hunting? And he was like, it was just like a weird conversation Uh, topic. So he got into it and like, but that's also very like, that's like showing that like you care about them as a person, not just a like performer or artist, you know? Yeah, I guess it's, it's more human. It's a human question, which I think people appreciate, you know, I met the lead singer of third eye blind and he was kind of cocky, but I was just like, I had my heart anni- annihilated and your music helps me through it. I said it really fast. <laughs> and he was like, I'm very happy to hear that. I was like, oh, thank you. And then I was like, that's the, I didn't get a picture. He didn't seem to be the type to want pictures. So I was like, I would rather just like tell you what you mean to me versus like, like trying to get a selfie with you. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel yeah. like, I feel like a lot of celebrities appreciate that more than kind of get a picture. Like I would much rather have a one minute interaction with like Taylor Swift versus oh, a picture with her would be pretty bitching though. I gotta say, <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that'd be a hard choice. Just get both. Just, Just get both. Or, or take the picture or take a video, take a video while you're talking to them, but everything shouldn't be. I feel like it's so important to uh like not try to not capture everything, like to be present and like have that human to human experience, even with your heroes. You know, who you you put on a fucking pedestal. You you also mentioned movies. So back to our end of the world scenario. End of the world. You have one more movie to watch. What's the movie? One more movie to watch at the end of the world. Uh, This is a loaded question because would it be my like my favorite movie or would I? So yeah, that's that. uh, Like my favorite movie of all time is The Princess Bride. Ah, (laughs) yeah would you watch your favorite or would you watch one that's like, like, like something new or <laughs> i don't even know like i think you go for favorite right yeah i think i, I think, think you I have go to for favorite yeah or like something really long <laughs> titanic or like yeah. yes <laughs> titanic you have to swap vhs's halfway through what uh what are what's like your top five my top five favorite movies ever yeah. okay so princess uh princess bride uh hot fuzz um the prestige Ah, yes. 
Um, Great movie. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Okay. And Zoolander. Oh, love it. <laughs> I, the ant. It's still one of my favorite moments in, in, in movie history. How are the children supposed to get in the building? <laughs> like, it's just, it's, uh, you want to know? Okay, so I'm going to name some. I don't know if I have a ranking, but Princess Bride is definitely up there. Clueless, definitely up there. Maybe not so much for like someone like you, but for women, <laughs> it's a fucking, uh, a real cult classic. Mm -hmm. Um, what, uh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Wayne's I, World I, is the basis of so much of my humor. Like, it's, I feel like when I saw Wayne's World, that's when I was like, I fell in love with like comedy and like Ace Ventura. Like yeah. that whole time frame yeah, like the of early movies. 90s of yes. Early, early 90s Canadian comic humor. Cause I really don't, I don't watch a lot of movies these days. I don't remember. I, I mean, like here and there, I, I'll do it, but like, because I'm so busy with things, I just don't have the time to like really like sink into movies anymore. And I, it makes me sad because I do love yeah. movies. Um, I think I got to like chalk out some time and like go to the theater sometime because I think it's the only way I could do it because even when I watch stuff here, I'm like on my phone or like I'm getting, yeah, I, I might try to work on things while I'm watching. And I'm just like, no, there's nothing like that theater experience of like the lights are out. Yeah. You got your fucking Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola Clifton. And yeah. popcorn, Coca Cola, and, popcorn, and you're you're just you're focused. Yeah, it's it like when you go to a theater, you're there with a purpose to watch a movie. Yes. When you're at home, like you, you're just throwing you, it on. You're throwing it on. You're just you're just you're watching a movie, but like it, it, it can wait. It, it can wait. You, you can pause it or you can replay it or whatever. But with a theater, it's an event, so like you mm -hmm. have to like you. That's your one shot. That's your one shot. I mean, until it comes out in home release or whatever that's right there is one movie that i'm dying to see which is promising young women woman you haven't promising, seen it yet haven't seen it yet and i'm dying to see it because it's bo burnham and it's it looks just amazing yeah and, i liked it i mean and, he, uh, it wasn't really a comedy role for bo. no which but i love that i love that i love that they <laughs> some people would argue they that actually inside wasn't they, a comedy role they specifically casted comedic actors yeah because they wanted to expose the fact that like the things that these characters are doing yeah. i haven't seen the movie yet so take this for what it is but like the things that the characters are doing in that movie um it's it's kind of putting that lens of like any nice guy or funny yeah. guy could rape you like that's why they specifically <laughs> that's why they chose comedic likable uh actors to portray these like monsters yeah which i find <laughs> fucking fascinating did you see bo burnham's inside Special? yeah what did you think i i, I loved it yeah, um so good, i man. mean it, initial watch so here's the thing initial watch i found it like really like kind of depressing and like also made me very envious of like how little i've done like i wrote maybe like three jokes through the pandemic Same. and like yeah. he wrote multiple songs and did this whole thing did this whole thing like learned how to do or do the video and the lighting and like it just made me feel really inadequate yeah um, i know but and and like overall I've, I've heard some people say this too like oh you know it, it wasn't that funny or whatever like it wasn't as, as a comedy special it, it wasn't a comedy special it was just like kind of this experimental like youtube vlog thing yeah. and like that that's kind of a fair criticism on first watch but i've 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 kind of like got obsessed with listening to the album on Spotify. Yeah. And just yes. like hearing all these subtle jokes and then like realizing just how good, how well written some of it is. Oh, I know. So good. <laughs> so incredibly well done. Just like all around a masterpiece. I've only watched it the once though. 
I haven't dived back into it. I, I haven't. I, I think I've watched it through twice, but I've mostly just been listening to the soundtrack because it cuts out the the sad fat. It does. <laughs> the sad fat oh man yeah no it's so good but clifton we're gonna wrap it up um, is there anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to just quickly cover hmm. i mean we didn't cover i said looney tunes when you asked me oh i don't really know much about it you don't know much about the looney tunes i don't i don't really here's my unpopular opinion i don't really connect in this intense way with cartoons the only um really cartoon show that i ever really got into was family guy okay but like and that was a show that like that's, i just uh, would and that's me. not really i a, would be like in tears laughing but it's not really a connection show i guess i mean no. ne- neither is looney tunes really but, but like but like i i i'm just like i don't i don't know like i i can appreciate like a disney movie like i kind of like to do like the disney movie rewatches like that's always fun as an adult but like i just don't have this insane connection to cartoon shows. When I grew up, it was like, what shows? I was into like Mr. Dress Up. And yeah. like Fred Penner. And like, all, all almost great. like real life shows. Yeah. And movies, like Homeward Bound was my jam. Like I want to see real. great. Like I was never really, I it, it just, I don't know what it was. I, um, what was the, car- there was a cartoon show that came out last year. That, fuck, what was it called? It was like a comedy cartoon on netflix animated thing it was like a podcast that they turned into a i can't remember the name but that was pretty good um but yeah no i just don't have this insane connection so what is it about looney tunes Uh, just the the comedy like it was really pioneers of comedy yeah Uh, yeah. like the the cartoons are so funny they're 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 basically jokes they're they're gag cartoons there's not a basically there's no through storyline it's not a serial it's these it, movies five minute movies that they would make in the 30s 40s right right and it's so long ago and but they were so good at comedy that like the animation is hilarious the the gags are are, are hilarious and they've like you know people have talked about how like a lot of it isn't pc or whatever but i think the looney tunes have really stood the test of time yeah like you can if you you can put on looney tunes right now for a kid of today and, and they will still it. be entertained it's a classic and, it's- and You'll you'll be entertained by it as well as right. uh, as an adult and like just how influential they are to comedy uh, is oh, is like why I kind of love them. Like I, I was telling this, I think to Matt, uh, like a few months ago. Um, just like if if you had three, if there were three comics in a room and I said, "Tell me your comedic influences," ah. and they, someone was like, "Yeah, I watched a lot of Carlin," or "I watched a lot of Richard Pryor," and then someone was like, "I watched a lot of Looney Tunes," I'm assuming they're going to have the best set. No on, way! I swear to God. Oh, interesting. That, that would be the assumption I'd make because it's it's stuff that people it's, of all ages can laugh at yeah. versus like a specific style that might only appeal to certain people. And it, it it's, it's very structured. structured. It's very structured. Um. And, interesting. interesting and like i gotta watch some looney tunes so clifton can respect me and there's like uh yeah yeah that i'll start i'll start booking you on shows and i'll be like yeah sarah's watched looney tunes she's, she's done she's done she's the good. fucking she's done the fucking work yeah and I, I think what it is is because it's like a i mean you're you're familiar enough with looney tunes but yeah. like it's like an ensemble comedy so like like yeah. i said I, I grew up i love jackass yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and that's an ensemble that's a group that's such uh, a nostalgic fucking time yeah that the, whole time but the, the 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 commonalities i find in it 
um, let's say when you watch the Looney Tunes, if you go, if you watch a Wiley Coyote cartoon, you know what you're getting. You know, you're getting the Roadrunner, you yeah. know, outwitting him or, or escaping and all these funny gags. You, if you watch a Bugs Bunny, you know, he's going to outsmart Elmer or whoever right. you, you know, these characters and you know what you're getting and the gags are always funny. And with Jackass, I mean, it's the same, like ah, you, you, you're, you, you're expecting ridiculous. You, you know, Steve-O is the guy who's going to do something gross and throw up and right. like Johnny Knoxville is going to do something incredibly painful. Right. Uh, and like they, they all have these aspects. Bam Margera is going to mess with his parents or do like pranks. Uh, they all have these aspects to their personality, to their character. And that's something that no one, not not no one, but people haven't replicated. Like there, there were a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff that came after Jackass. Um, yeah, where it was like I think Dirty Sanchez or the Dudesons even uh -huh. these these comedy like stunt guys who were just like yeah we're gonna do Jackass stuff but way more gnarly. Like we're gonna do it's pushing boundaries. They're pushing the Everyone's boundaries. Pushing pushing the boundaries the, with with what they can do. They were like you you thought you know Giant Oxville getting hit in the nuts was funny. Imagine when I chop off my pinky and it's like that's not what's funny about Jackass. Right. You you need to have a personality. Like we're yeah. drawn to these to these characters yeah. that they have. So if you don't have a character, I'm not going to find you funny. And like just it, how that influence kind of like. So fascinating. I really no, that's interesting. Okay, I gotta watch some Looney Tunes and maybe some Jackass. I my first boyfriend was big into Jackass and Bam and, and all that. And he was my intro into that world because he was a skater. Yeah. So like I I was big into like that that prank culture. Yeah. Like I I was obsessed with it because like I was essentially living it with this idiot. Uh <laughs> was a skater. He was a skater boy. You said, see you later, boy. Uh, yeah. Oh, Avril Lavigne also married a Chad Kroger, tying it back to Nickelback. <laughs> exactly. Callback. Woo. It's the only callback I can do. <laughs> I don't do it. I don't do them otherwise. Um, Clifton, this was amazing. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on the podcast. Thank, thanks for having me. This was, yeah, this was really fun. Time flew by. Time like, flew by. I, hour, two, two hours and 11 minutes. I was joking about how I, I'm not a conversationalist and how this would be oh, kind of miserable, but I, I had fun. I had fun. You were, you were great. Oh. Clifton. Okay, well, I want everyone to know where exactly they can... This might not come out for a bit because I have a huge backlog of episodes. That's what I figured. You, you have like five so or six this in the backlog not, now, right? This might not come out until like mid-September, which I know is <laughs> a long... Unless... Now, I'm going to preface this by saying there's a small chance I might like release two in a week sometime to like get them out sooner. But I want... You to take over, let people know where they can find you, follow you, stay up to date on your shows and all of that. Um, You can... Add me on Facebook. It's just Clifton Cremo. Um, or what? on Inst follow me on Instagram. That's where I do post most of my stuff is Instagram. Um, I don't really use Twitter, but you can follow me on Twitter also just at Clifton Cremo. Um, very, very simple, very straightforward. That's awesome. Um, that's where I post all my stuff. No like website yet or anything, but um Follow yeah. on Instagram. Follow on, you follow stay on Instagram. Up date, stay up to date with Clifton and what he's doing. You are doing such amazing work. You should be so proud of yourself. Um, you're also a treat to watch. So you got to come out and see Clifton at a show when you can, uh, before he, uh, gets too famous for I, I, all of us. I was thinking about, uh, you know, because like you said, this is going to be backlogged. I was thinking about making all of my topics very, very current to force you <laughs> to release it first. <laughs> 
just push me to the Honestly, front. Honestly, like, yeah, I'm now thinking about what I have and like what, like what's how they're going to come out. Uh, because I had, I've had you on, I've had Itai Cooperman. Have you ever met Itai? Yeah. One, one time. Yeah. I met Itai and Lynn Woods. I had her on. We got like some good comic episodes. So I think, I think the comics who listen are going to really enjoy, enjoy them. But thank you so much for coming on. This was lovely. And I think before we close it, let's pick a, a secret hashtag that uh, this is the hashtag for people who made it through the whole episode. They can then comment on the Instagram post, the hashtag. We need to think of a hashtag. You know no one's going to do that. But this is the fun of it. You never know. Even, you never even the know. ones who did stick it through, they're just going to be like, ah. So nah. if you've made it through this episode, you can comment uh, on Instagram. The hashtag, what's our hashtag? That has to be kind of ridiculous. Uh, hashtag kind of ridiculous? Hashtag <laughs> no. kind of ridiculous. Um, I don't know. Hashtag tilt-a-hurl? Tilt-a-hurl. Tilt-a-hurl. Hashtag tilt-a-hurl. Tilt-a-hurl. I bet there are actually posts under hashtag tilt-a-hurl. Oh, I, I, I can I, almost guarantee that it is. That's, yeah, maybe. I'm going to look that up. But, Clifton, thank you so much for coming on. And you thank get you. to you get to end the episode with a bell ring. Yay, we did it! We did the thing! (laughs) It's done! Thank you for listening to the Intoxicated Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you use and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast and check out our video episodes on the Intoxicated YouTube channel. Until next week... Feel hard and talk hard. Intoxicated Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah McClellan. Co-produced by Sarah Nicole. Edited by Brendan Melchin. And brought to you by the messiness of life. <laughs>